Hurry up. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ, man. It, this, this never gets easy, man. I'm telling you. Like, you would think it, it gets easy. I'm wrong. But you have our every episode's different. You're like, are, are we going to make it on time? Do we have everything? Because once you're in the seat, you're in the seat. Like, there's no, I don't know. Why must we always be misheveled? So, uh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. leave it at that. Anyway. Yeah, well, that's. But, and, but that's what's the funny part is that up until like the second before we go live, we're disheveled, and then all of a sudden we're like, "Hi!" <laughs> and, then it comes, and it comes into place. Anyway, welcome to another episode yes. of the Nissan Nerd Podcast with your host, as always, me and uh, this guy <laughs> right here. That's me, Mike. Beautiful face. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, man. I honestly, man. Of course, you're notorious for using that face app, but that one, I'm gonna give you props, man. I love it, honestly. Are you not mad at me now? No, not this one. Anyway, not this, this one, one. Man, you got the the good old uh, Paul Newman uh, special there, and uh, you, you threw me on. I'm like, I'm honored. So yeah. Well, you know, sometimes I take care of you. And then I poop on you. That's moving on. Uh, welcome to another <laughs> episode of the Nissan Air Podcast. Miles, ding ding ding, Mike, ding ding ding. Tell them what they want. Let's move on. All right, this again, Nissan Air Podcast. Uh, on this episode, we're going to put a spotlight on an exclusive conversation with a Nissan executive who talks about the Nismofication of the future EV models. His words, not mine. Next up, uh, we're going to share the latest technical advances featured in the new z and as part of our back alley chats we're going to talk about tools project spaces garages just uh in general and we're going to kind of figure out just how how bougie we think we might be after all man i don't know we're going to find out man so this is the nissan nerd podcast <laughs> stick with us <laughs> again yes so, my god what is this episode number 69 48 we're on 48 man you know in the beginning you know we would you would i think you started the whole episode numbering trend and when we, when we were so low i was like don't tell them how low it is, man. Just let's just do the episodes. But now, I mean, even though it's still forty, you know, we're on the, the, meat we're, on the bone. yes. Now that we're on the cusp of fifty episodes, it's like I'm actually proud of it. You know what, dude? We've been able to work together and 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 uh, create this content and tolerate each other for damn near fifty episodes. There you, there you go. I didn't know you <laughs> the toleration, the amount oh. of zen that is required to keep this show together. It's through the roof. Yeah. It's through the roof. It's, uh, yeah, uh, unmeasurable. All <laughs> right. So, yeah, Mike, um, y you know, it's probably been a minute um, since we saw each other, maybe yesterday and the day before this. Because <laughs> um, I feel like we're doing a lot of changes and updates. We're trying out some new software. We are. Some new platforms um, to raise the level of the Nerd Podcast. You wearing your weight belt? I am wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so Mike and myself have pretty much been 
married for the last three days more than usual. So mm. yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, we were working on some platforms, invited everybody to a yeah teaser YouTube thing that we did. Uh, Jesus Christ, was that uh, day Monday. before yesterday? Monday night, yeah. yeah. A Monday night. And then um, here we are now, living the dream again. Living so, the dream, uh, man. Yeah, hope it, hope you all enjoy it. Honestly, I have to deal with all the time. So. Mm-hmm. I, now I do have to say, though, you know, of course, we've got a pulse on, uh, on responses uh, to every show that we do. And Monday was a pop-up show. It was totally unexpected. I mean, we we kind of yeah. did it on the fly and if for those who are um you can actually find it for those who are with us again thank you for being here but if you can go to the uh, uh youtube channel and our uh, facebook page and you can catch that video uh it's episode 47 and a half so 47.5 yeah point five. um and i'm gonna go ahead and just say it was pretty fast and furious heavy it's all we really kind of talked what? about is we BSed and we did a whole Fast and Furious episode. Well, that was the cool part because like what what else besides Z or Nissan? Like, what's the next best thing that we can talk about so out? so yeah. easily on an improv show? Oh, of course, Fast and Furious. Either you know we, yeah. what we love about it, what we what we don't like about it per se, or and it was just a lot of fun. So yeah, love it, hate it. All right. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's all we've really been doing. Mike, uh, on a personal level, uh, what have you been up to? Whew. Well, aside from being on the internet with you for the last three out of four days, uh, this last weekend um, caught up. It um, it was a non-F1 weekend, so I actually got some things done. So that was kind of nice. Um, I uh, Oh, what can I say, man? I got some bike riding uh, on the motorcycle. Uh, I did uh, – I've got a uh, – 350z uh detail day planned for this weekend so i I spent this last weekend this last or this week actually grabbing some things dude the car's dirty you know they say it's been raining so much it's that springtime rain every other day it's raining this car needs a wash so uh that's what i'm focusing on this upcoming weekend anyway how about you what's uh what's the latest Mm, let me see here well i touched on the last episode but i I suffered a rock into a window on the Nissan Frontier, and I thought that was going to end. I'm like, okay, so I never replaced the glass uh, mm-hmm. on a on a window before. I've I've taken them out and I put them back in, but I've never done it like all in together. So I did that, and surprisingly, for those of you that have a Nissan Xterra or a Nissan Frontier, it is really easy. Um, I saved like a ridiculous amount of money doing it myself. I bought the glass for like 60 bucks, spent an hour like max popping off the panel. It was just two 10 millimeter bolts, slapped that mom bit, some bitch back in there, and then that was it. It was it was super easy. Make sure to vacuum up your glass and mask everything off that you don't want scratched up. But after that, it was cake, baby. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I've just become uh, – and then from there, it's just normal crap working on other people's cars when I should be working on my own. <laughs> normal life of a, of, a, of a car guy. So, yeah. yeah. Again, your hands. How are your hands healing? I'm sure you were wearing the proper – uh, no, I wear everything. Protection, yeah. yeah. <laughs> had the gloves on, had the face, had the face shield. Just because I know myself better, I had shoes on, surprisingly, you know, for Ion, our, who always uh, wears sandals. So our I'm, our mothers would be proud of us, would you say? <laughs> in our in our age. 
or we're just tired of scars. So <laughs> take your pick. Take your pick. Make sure yeah. of both. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's move on for yes. tonight. Uh, we've got to first acknowledge our stream, see if anybody's rocking and partying with us. Yes. I am, of course, on with us tonight. Thank you, as always, for the other folks chiming in. Uh, leave your comments, bad or good, preferably – um, something to help the show along and uh, you want to kind of chime in that'd be awesome too as well but yeah mm -hmm. um, kudos to everybody that's joining on with us and coming in a little late um, and I want to say thanks again for being here and um, let me see here uh, we got to do a comp by Mike yes we do started. Woo! you have anything special oh myself a uh, little uh, tea and uh, oh what oh look at you you got your uh, beer stein there huh I got my Nissan Beerstein ready to party. I broke that out. Is it a special occasion? No? Yeah. Nah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Clink. All right, let's go for it, guys. For those who are with us, let's join and say kanpai. All right. We got a lot to do and a little time to do it. You want me to get this party started? Uh, sure. I want you to get the party started. I'll let you take the first uh, news event because that just makes sense. So go ahead and knock that out. Doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. To <laughs> uh, Go. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. News first article with me. Let me go ahead and share my screen on this one here. Uh, this is actually from uh, topgear.com. Uh, so, um, Nissan is planning a Nismo badged uh, line of performance EVs. I mean, this is sort of inevitable, right? Of course, we've got the future Ooh. of electrification. Well, the, the Nismo brand, is it, that's coming with, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you're, uh, you're getting on that bus with us and you're partying. So, yeah, you're coming along. Yep. <laughs> well, it was really cool, though, of course, the eye candy in the beginning. Uh, as the beginning of this article, they share the uh, the uh, Nismo-built Leaf RC prototype, which, for being a Leaf, it's a sexy little car, man. This is what... When, how long ago did they use this? A couple years back. This is before uh, before the Aria. The mm -hmm. Aria. Um, not too far behind that. Anyway. They've upgraded this car. I mean, it's it's been a it's been a side project. And I thought it was gonna, just going to be the end of it with the with the race car. And the first time around, um, we're talking... This is like... That dropped... The first Nismo Leaf dropped when... About the time the Delta Wing came out, if I remember correctly. Is that about right? Uh, I want to say Delta Wing is maybe a little bit older, but uh, maybe you're right. maybe well, right. I mean, yeah, but I mean, very. I'd say plus or minus, you know, two years. I think I think you're close for sure. Yeah, All right, yeah, but yeah. either way, it was cool when it came out, and that was a hell of a vehicle too, as well. Um, you know, we've had people that have actually had eyes on it, been around it, and they say they put a lot of innovation into that first variation of the car. And but look at it now. Look at what we got in front of us. Absolutely. So uh, this article, though, uh, is saying essentially that Nismo is going electric. Uh, this this uh, article essentially was an exclusive interview between Top Gear and uh, one of Nissan's chairmen uh, in Europe. Uh, essentially, in this in this article, though, they are Nissan Nissan at least in Europe. They are confirming that the company is actively looking at which of its upcoming electric cars uh, would be most suited. To having uh, what they call Nismofication. Which models are we turning Nismo uh, on this one? Now, of course, there are no answers as to which models. Again, this is ongoing. Uh, this is these EVs. Of course, we talk about this, which is a very, very common thread with Nissan right now, which is the Ambition 2030 plan, 
which ha plans to have 15 electrified vehicles by 2030. Uh, of course, currently we have the, the LEAF, uh, the, the Araya, uh, and of course Nissan is very, very involved with Formula E, specifically this new Gen 3 car that's going to be coming out here very, very soon. Uh, great technical advances, even for being an, e an, uh, a, uh, an EV, uh, you know the speed at which these the technology is progressing. It's it's very fast right now. So Nissan is definitely a big part of that right now. Yeah, I would uh, almost say that they're they're part of the forefront. Um, you know, other companies, and we've talked about this before. You have other companies that are pledging to not even do development for their petrol-based vehicles. Um, and yes. I think Nissan's probably. I, I can see them making that type of pledge here in the next coming few in the next coming years when it makes sense for them. Right now, they're they're still on a um, um, a, a get out of uh, the reluctant situation that they had been in pre-COVID, and then yeah. here we are in a in a redevelopment, a new plan phase, which you know it's no surprise we've been talking about this for some time now, yeah. and. Um, you know, kudos to them uh, for yep. doing that. It, it sounds like they're ramping that up sooner than later, you know, and, and testing the waters. Definitely, they have this in mind uh, going forward. It's not like they're so focused on the technology that they're forgetting to, you know. Of course, Nismo brand, um, uh, the, it's coming with, like you said, though. But uh, there was a really good quote here that I wanted to share, though, which is that uh, from this Nissan executive, they do say that, quote, Nismo is an asset that we have and not a gimmick. Which is, I really like the way he stated that because, um, what can I say? Uh, can, I'm sure Miles, you and I, we've had past conversations where we can think of certain Nismo models in the past where you could say, and maybe, maybe you lost focus, you know. But now I like that he's taking it as seriously as he is, especially for the EV market. Um, uh, they do take it very seriously. So, uh, and then he also did mention also that. Uh, for this Nismo uh, trim level, as you would probably, it, it would it eventually be, he says, you know, it needs to be more than just suspension and powertrain. Uh, and of course, you're dealing with a whole entirely new form of powertrain. And, uh, you know, when you're dealing with e-motors, you're essentially dealing with instant torque. I mean, so how do you improve on that? <laughs> when you've got a car, especially like, like the Aria, uh is it Aria or Araya? I keep on saying it's Araya. I think, yeah, I think I stand corrected I believe, on that yeah. one. Either uh, way, we'll find out when it launches and we look. Yeah, when it finally releases, runs. we'll we'll figure so. that out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, with with the Araya though, um, it has uh, very very good performance attributes just in its stock trim, whatever the basic trim levels are. So if a model such as the Aria goes Nismo. Well, they've got to kick it up to eleven. You know, they got to figure out yeah. ways to do this. They're talking about powertrain. Uh, they said more than just that, more than just suspension. You know, I'm even seeing lightweight. I mean, because I think, as we know, for those who've done some studying on EVs, they're known to be heavy. The batteries are heavy. So, I, in my opinion, I think one of the ways they can actually uh, improve on whichever model it is is to make them lighter in general. That's that's one way, anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. What I mean, we, we talked about, you know, a few episodes back that Nissan is, um, is really reinvesting in their carbon fiber, um, product with yes. uh, their carbon fiber pieces that they're going to be adding to cars. Cause they're trying to cut down on, I'm going to say pounds here, but kilos, um, <laughs> you know, uh, when they're, when they're talking about these platforms and they've, uh, they were, it was really big 
um, I want to say maybe around this time last year when we heard about that, Mike. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, we were going to see it. We thought we were going to see it in the in the new GTR, which, um, you know, and I'm thinking we're going to see that in the new Z. We're going to see that in a, in a bunch of other cars that come out because if they can oh. if they can start their own carbon fiber production, they can control their um, their cost and as well as control their weight savings. And that was a great article, and I, I've referenced that like two or three times I'm... over a series of episodes because it the lasting potential is there um for the for the uh for the business so yeah i i'm glad you mentioned that you know what i'll, I'll be honest man i had forgotten about that that's right nissan is very uh, involved with carbon fiber production becoming on a larger scale they're being able to manufacture it easier more affordably and if they were to introduce you know connecting carbon fiber with the nismo line being lighter that that's a nice attribute. Like if you could say that, yeah, it's more than just a badge. It's more than just suspension. You got carbon fiber parts on this thing. It's X pounds lighter. Like it's that's some that's definitely worthy of the Nismo badge in my opinion. That that's pretty well, cool. Now, and now the parts are actually justifiably um, what they're worth. <laughs> when you yeah. <laughs> nothing against these, I'm just like, but sometimes yeah. I'm like, really. It's like, come yeah, on, guys. Yeah. And, but you know, um, but that's what it's all about is um, is about branding it all over again. I mean, it, that quote was a uh, was great that you mentioned because there has been instances in the past where the Nismo brand uh, was great, but it, it didn't it didn't really fit the bill of uh, of the performance aspect. It stylized great, but it, not really with the performance aspect of it, like. When you had other companies like Toyota with their TRD lines, they were putting out some pretty amazing performance parts. You've got, you know, uh, Ford had their own variation of that, multiple variations of that between like Shelby, Roush, and, and whatnot. Why not Nissan? It, it's never changed. It should be with the Nismo line. And it's good to hear that uh, they're potentially trying to to shine up the the existing Nismo badge as it should deservedly be done. So, good point, man. Um, one last thing, too, as you did mention it, though, you know, we're, of course, we're talking about lightweight and, and whatnot, though. We did, we could link this to that previous episode that we had, episode 47. We talked about solid state batteries. This is an also development that, that Nissan is making with its solid state batteries, what they call the game changing battery. Uh, being lighter uh, in its effect, being too, lighter, so. better batteries. I mean, longer range. Uh, it charges faster. I mean, you start combining yeah, the, all the this cycling charge. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. This is a really good combination, man. Um, I would say uh, for anybody who keeps keeps tabs on Nissan stock, buy up now because you know what, <laughs> this stuff is going to pay dividends. This is well, I, if if you believe that's how you put your money right where your mouth is. Bad. I think it was like teetering around seven or eight dollars a share i think the average when i you know we're talking pre-covid of course that was in the, the heyday right yeah it was like 11 12 so i mean you do your math you know we're probably looking about a two year out you know once yeah. the z drops <laughs> the aria drops um which is the what aria. they're 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 betting on to be their flagship um and uh, a few of the other models start hitting that are part of the the main line now that yeah. that is the new focus you know, give it two years when the full when when everything all the cards are on the table. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think they're going to have some good years. I think they're going to have some really good um, 
uh, payback on the Z, especially because the profit margins are there. You know? Yeah. So anyway. Well, and side note for those who are listening, Miles, not only are you a Nissan fan, though, but you do kind of dip your toe into the whole uh, stock market world. So because well, well, I, I could tell just by the the verbiage. So. No, no, no. Just based on the words that you just said, you're like that sounded very Wall Streetish. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm not saying I trust you, but I'm saying that, you know, you sound somewhat knowledgeable. So. Yeah, don't trust me. <laughs> don't, don't ever trust me. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Miles. Yeah, uh, so anyway, moving on. So, so uh, before we move on, Miles, you've got your article for coming up. I do want to go ahead and revisit social media for just a second here. We did have yeah, some sure. people chiming in. Uh, Ion always killing it, man. Giving us the step-by-step, uh, you know, the uh, – the syllables aria. So yes, it is the aria, right? Aria, aria. Still, okay. he's yes. he's laid it out for you three times, and you still can't get it right. Well, I, but you know what's I, fat? I, I've 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 misspoken it probably three times, and yeah. I've ultimately given up, and I'm just saying the new vehicle. So there you go. I'm gonna, I, I'm I leave it at that. I blame the school districts. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could just make it sound very, very. Uh, I blame public school education. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I will say this though. I've I've actually heard it pronounced two different ways. Yeah. So at this point, I'm just saying the new platform. So we're just. Uh, right. we're, we're safe at this point, uh, so. One last comment here. I wanted to share though. This is kind of cool. Uh, from Tyler Newman, because it would be interesting some point in the future where all cars are electronic. Uh, the Nismo badge also includes a one-cylinder engine for the enthusiast's enjoyment. At least for the noise, for the experience. It's kind of like why everybody wants a standard transmission. I don't know. I mean, let's let's just put a Briggs and Stratton in the back and run the mufflers. It fills with carbon that, dioxide. and Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just just give you the gas fill just a little bit, but um, yeah, I, you know. Uh, and he also um, Tyler put a continuation here and says yeah. maybe future Nismo models can include a chassis that is reminiscent of historic Nissan vehicles. Ah. Uh. I, you know, the livery at least I agree with you, Tyler. But yeah, um, taking old platforms and uh, and redesigning. I mean, ultimately that's what the Z has kind of been, but. Uh, you know, and we talked about this a few episodes back. The uh, the Sylvia, they're they're redesigning. Mm. Of course, the initial prototypes. Uh, you may want to drink up before you look at them. They're a little little rough around the edges. Well, um, I... but but I mean, my the point is, there's Nismo models that can be done. But you know, he he does got a a pretty a pretty darn good point. Like. Uh, Oh yeah, library stuff, especially um, like I don't know. Anyway. Well, you gotta think about it. The, the new Z is dev- definitely got that nostalgia f- factor, and you are mentioning the the Silvio rendering. I don't know if it was concept, but it was definitely someone's rendering. But it was yeah. it was reminiscent of the first generation Sylvia. That's a generation of Sylvia not everybody knows about. For, so it was actually an education when you finally saw it. You're like, oh, wow, Sylvia's been here since, since before 1989? Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> everybody thinks 240SX. No, no, the Sylvia in general has been around way longer than that. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and I always thought that, like, you should be able to buy entire sticker packages for a car, kind of like the Corvette Pace Car did back way back in the day. You could ah. buy all the Pace Car stickers and Nismo would sell, or Nismo would come up a very of that like you could buy old like butch leitzenberg 
stuff for the 240 mm. or you know bre stuff for the uh for your new z you could literally get the dealer to put those on i don't know i think it'd be kind of a cool thing but i don't know if That's... the markup's in it or anything like that but anyway moving on with our interesting lives. moving We're gonna on nerd out about it <laughs> See? Now, so. total nerd oh yeah. man let's uh <laughs> Let's move on, on to your article, Miles. I know, so funny story, you know, of course, we do research, you know, the weeks, a week before every episode, it seems. And when this article came out, we essentially did a, you know, a coin toss as to who gets this article because we both like this article. But that's only my, my lead in. You go ahead and you want to share? Yeah. <laughs> sure. I, I, I'll go ahead and talk about it. Um, now, one thing that I did want to mention out here, hold on real quick. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, one thing I did want to kind of talk about was, um, as of recently, um, there was an article that came out of for, out of Motor Trend, and um, I'll go ahead and take the steering wheel on this one, Mike. Sure. That way. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> Always fun when I got to take the steering wheel. By the so. way, how is your cat doing? Meow, meow. He's doing great. <laughs> okay. So, um, so this is an article that actually came out of Motor Trend. Uh, recently, uh, there has been some other articles that have kind of commented on the same um, on the same um, differences here. But ultimately, mm -hmm. what it was is the um, the newsy had come out, and ultimately, uh, there was uh, eighty percent of the part numbers are kind of new or revised parts carried over from the previous generation, the 370Z. Now, there are some details that I wanted to kind of run through because this article did get a little more nerdy, and we love nerdy. Oh, we love it. Um, the first one that I want to talk about was there apparently is a change, and for those that don't know, we're talking about the twin turbo application, but the research valve that's in for the twin turbo application um, is a bit of a change. Now, I'm going to read this off because I this I'm not going to read them all off, but this is the one that I actually liked. Mm -hmm. um, and it says, uh, Infinity Engine Upgraded to Sports Car Duty. So sure, the VR30DD TT Twin Turbo V6 looks like a straight-up backyard engine swap from an Infinity Q50 or Q60 Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, right down to the output specs, 400 horsepower, 350 uh, foot-pounds of torques. But the tuning is unique, and especially to the exhaust plumbing. The su uh, to suit the more thrill-seeking driver, there's a new engine boost recirculation valve circuit. Um, <clears throat> when the throttle is lifted or closes briefly, as when entering a curve, turbine pressure is routed right back to the inlet to keep the turbine spooled so full power can be available the instant the driver's foot returns to the throttle kind of interesting so big, that big, is they're, they're going bigger yeah they're, <laughs> to, they're, they're to not to not change the uh, uh the route for that yeah okay they're getting rid of uh I'm sorry they're not getting rid of it. they're reduced greatly significantly reducing turbo lag would you say basically yeah. so the only problem that, that I've seen is like, unless the new Z is going to see a different inter difference in turbo, that's what I'm interested in because um, the guys that are actually are out there running the fifties and the sixties, they are running into an issue with the turbos where they're not necessarily cooking them, but they're, uh, they have to watch them. Now, the next thing that I want to kind of talk about is something to completely ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so basically, the uh, there is going to be a um, a new option on the Z, um, and it, you, it's a different gauge from what you'll you'll see here. So. Um, uh, for those that don't know, the there's a turbo speed sensor, um, which is ultimately going to um, give you a little bit more power here. And I'll kind of read this out for you because this is the other one I wanted you to hear about. Okay. So a Ferrari-style turbine speed sensor and gauge. Uh, turbines have redline max speeds just like engines. Um, except the uh, turbos, of course, about 30 times faster, spinning them above their rated speed risks damage. So most engines use algorithms that calculate likely speed based on boost pressure, engine revs, or other parameters. Mm -hmm. We know this. Uh, but then a safety margin must be baked in, uh, and this leaves some power potential untapped. So Ferrari tapped this potential with direct turbine speed measurement um, on one of their models, the 488 Pista. And now Nissan's introducing a similar system on the Z, a dedicated analog gauge to display this rare statistic yeah. in the right uh, most gauge dash top binnacle. So the far right, way on the right, <laughs> It's a new one that you're going to see. And it basically, it's going to be reading from 0 to 250,000 RPM, um, with 220,000 being as high as the Z-turbine spins in production trium. Before so, you move on, to, I was, I was thinking about that, too, because the turbo speed sensor was also used in the Q60. However, it was I, I'm assuming, as you're mentioning, it's, it's used as some part of uh, tuning uh, output or input that helps determine the tune of, of what of what sorts um, um, uh, the, the tune of, of, of certain sorts I um, what's new with the Z I, I mean this is when you mentioned there's actually a gauge on the dash that shows you this speed that's really impressive you know I was trying to figure out is this why is it there it is it actually something that the driver could use or is it somewhat of a gimmick? It is cool to see. Don't get me wrong. I love to see turbo speeds. That's that's cool. You know what I mean? It's like it's just as exciting as seeing boost pressure in some ways. You know, you're like, oh wow, this turbo is at a hundred percent or you know ninety percent duty cycle, something like that. That sounds kind of cool to me. Uh, second thing is is that they did mention uh, these turbos are unlike most traditional turbos. It's definitely on the forefront uh, in terms of uh, top speed allowed. Most traditional turbos at this point in time. About 180,000 RPMs. The Infinity Red Sport turbos and, of course, the, the new Z, they're about 25% higher. You said 240,000 RPMs. That's impressive. That's really cool to see. But anyway, you go ahead. Go back. Go back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the technology is definitely there. And, um, and I would agree. Um, a lot of the development... Um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of development and, and for those that don't know, or haven't been really watching the forced induction game as of the last five years, the cost on turbos uh, for the average market has pretty much dropped. Um, so, which tells me that when these aftermarket vendors that are going to get a hold of this car, Z1 mm -hmm. and, and folks like that, uh, yeah. that when they start, at, you know, making, um, packages that are going to be put together for these turbos. Uh, I mean, it, it's pretty impressive that you're going to be able to utilize one more source of information to be able to fine tune and squeeze every piece of power that you can out of that application, not just on the turbo side, 
but uh, not just on the engine side, but also on the turbo side. So, you know, uh, who's to say? I mean, now we're getting to the point where potentially we're looking at tuning options and, you know, better ceramic wheel, or I wouldn't say ceramic wheel because nobody uses ceramic anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, be better wheel technology, you know, and yeah. within the turbines. So eh, it's hard to say. But needless to say, faster the turbo greater the power is what they're trying to put on here and now yes. you've got something to monitor the rpm so now you got two rpm gauges to watch enjoy enjoy Moving on yes. down the, line, uh, the next thing that i wanted to talk about was uh, and i'm gonna uh, these ones I'll, I'll kind of spin through a little bit so basically um for the uh for the manual transmission the first and second gears changed basically the synchros um so they have changed it and they've changed up the design um of the uh of the shifting points from what i understand uh, or the the shifting design with a pendulum which normally would be reserved for an automatic mm. um but they've taken that technology and adapted it to the uh the five speed which is uh this centrifugal pendulum eight absorber so basically mm -hmm. it's uh to smooth out the shifting feel from uh everything so the synchro match is available on the manual transmission equipped with the performance and the proto spectrum from what we we're finding out here now this isn't the first time this is done uh this was actually uh it's unusual to find these on on a manual but nissan also employed uh one on the r35 gtr 95 to 98 so oh it's not new, but um this apparently might have been um the fix that they needed to or the the modification that they needed to get the the shift feel uh, outcome that they were looking for so pretty cool Wow. Um, moving on. Um, so for the automatic folks, if you're dying for that automatic out there, I know we've been talking a lot about <laughs> standards and shifts, but if you're just yeah. tried and true an automatic guy, you know, I'm not going to knock it. Sometimes um, that's just the way you want to be. Um, there is going to be a change to the transmission housing uh, for the new unit. Uh, the This is going to carry with it a magnesium uh, the the addition of magnesium to cut down 44 pounds out of that uh, that uh, that assembly. That's impressive, man. I, I really like seeing that. All right. Yeah. So um, for the automatic guys, it's not going to be that much weight difference. So kudos I mean, to you. Definitely lighter than a traditional automatic transmission. Now, whether it, whether in fact it's lighter than a standard transmission, I don't. I I doubt it. But then again, <laughs> let's yeah, let's get a scale out one of these days, and we'll figure that out. But yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Now, one of the biggest things that is coming out of the uh, the new Z information is the rigidity increases. So there's been a, a huge amount of structural strengthening that's been done to the vehicle. Um, Twenty three point nine percent increase in body rigidity um, uh, across the platform, but primarily we're seeing this in the front. And then, of course, in the rear, um, in the uh, and I'm going to read this out one for you. Now, new parts added to the front end structure include both upper crash energy uh, load paths, um, mostly along the apron and the uh, the upper tie, from what you can see here, and the upper radiator support. Some firewall bracing as well with reinforcement and shock tower bracing reinforcement. Um, so, mm. or you know, and that could be in the in the in the way of going with um, uh, bigger density of metal or it could be uh what we call a layover um it's just mm. hard to say right now we're not going to really know until we get into that vehicle but and and know the details or 
or get that all from Nissan when they decide to make it officially public um, on the little minute stuff. But I can damn sure tell you that we're going to nerd out on eventually. <laughs> so on the rear, going towards the back, um, the hatch lid is significantly reinforced as if the rear of the hatch opening and area above the rear suspension cradle. So together, these changes boost torsional rigidity um, by 10.8%. An overall body uh, bending rigidity as if you were uh, at 23.9. So um, ah. a big, that's, that's a pretty significant number normally without a bolt on piece. Yes. Um, that's pretty impressive. I, um, my first thought from you telling me this right now is that specifically that hatch, that section of the hatch being more rigid, it makes me think for all those track guys that want to put a big old wang on the back of their new Z. Now, now it's actually going to transfer gonna that force, thing. man. Because if you got a flimsy hatch, that hatch is just going to—it's just going to flex. It's going to do not as much as you want it to do. But you got a nice, good old, rigid hatch that's going to do a lot of a lot of good. Yeah. So the uh, the new platform apparently is going to be adding five degrees of front caster angle. Uh, okay. This, of course, is going to in- potentially increase the tire contact patch area, which is always a good thing. So yeah. uh, let's see here. What else do we have coming up? Ooh, we've got some new whiteies. We're going fatter. <laughs> so uh, wider front tires, 225. They are kicking those tires out to 245s, um, So which is pretty impressive. So, um, so yeah, uh, if you get a chance uh, to steal those rims, Merry Christmas. You've now got fatter <sighs> rims. I'm just joking. Don't steal those rims. I, uh, <laughs> I should say, though, man, I think you got some hate. Oh, sorry, some, some criticism this last week. The, the difference between rim and wheel, but oh, wheel, sorry, wheels. Now that, that, that that's that south side talking, man. That's a uh, between so, me and you. Uh, yeah, that's that's the hood talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for those that don't know, in the sport model, you're going to see 18 inches. Uh, for the for the performance and proto spec, you're going to be rocking 19s. So just figured we'd let you know that. Okay. Um, moving on down the line, I think we've got one more okay. uh, little piece of news, and this one is about. See here, and it's uh, twin tube shocks um, that are going to a monotube uh, shock design. So, very cool. So, uh, just a change in that. Um, we're talking about better control, faster response. Um, and I did want to read that one. Perhaps the yeah. most significant revision in swapping lower okay. friction monotube shocks for the old twin tube units. Uh, Nissan says the reduction in dampening friction allows the shock dampening spring and even anti-roll bar rates to be increased, which makes sense, the transition of energy yeah. into that. Uh, we'll get a ride um, in the new Z uh, and let you know how it's going to be from the Motor Trend folks. Yeah, I've got... Sorry. I've got a uh, question for you, Miles. Uh, this is just a personal question. Of all these improvements that Nissan has made to the Z, do you have a favorite? Ooh, um, Ooh. I'm going to go ahead and say, believe it or not, I- I'm going to say it's probably the rigidity. Um, yeah. I personally have taken the time to seam weld cars, um, structural okay. foam injection cars okay. and rigidity changes everything in the car. Like, um, I'll give you an example. So I took a, um, a car for a friend of mine who was, uh, it was a Datsun 240 S30 platform. And we took that car and we did a few, 
seam welds in a, in a couple spots in the car with this the 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 manufacturing style welder that has the pinch on it mm -hmm. so we we did it the right way and then we also um basically um stitch weld the underside in a few spots that we could get easily access to okay and we structure foam that car the the feedback that i got from the gentleman who autocrossed almost damn near professionally um said it was like relearning to drive the car all over again Oh. Um, he, he said every everything had to be changed. I almost had to relearn like I was driving a new car, but it was for the better. So rigidity makes all the difference in the world. You know, stance um, and rigidity, weight savings. You know, uh, as as sports cars get closer and closer to striving for the perfection that they're going for these little innovations, which may yeah. not seem like anything to the common person, but if you drive the, the predecessor for it, if you, mm -hmm. if you've got the, if you know what to look for, you can usually feel it. Um, so yeah, I, I would say this is probably my favorite. Nice. Nice. Can I share with you mine? Cause that's the whole point, right? Cause I want to tell you right now. <laughs> Just... <laughs> yeah. We're all waiting for you to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay anyway so i do i do want to give an honorable mention about that magnesium transmission housing that's impressive that's something that you only kind of really see in motorsport honestly mag magnesium carbon fiber all this lightweight i really like that idea the fact that, that, that nissan did that but the one i do want to give the uh i guess my my nod to the most is that exhaust recirculation uh which increases uh reduces turbo lag i think of all these and maybe I'm pertaining to um, we would call it the lowest common denominator. Everybody could, everybody has a butt dyno, you know what I mean, in a straight line at least. And that's what in America people are going to. That's what they want to feel. They want to feel that. They want to feel that push in their seat. And you know, with definitely the, the first <laughs> second gears also changes. But the main thing is that less less lag, more acceleration, more of that exhilaration that that emotion that you know that's that's essentially what they're giving you more of and so that would be my nomination for uh, oh well nice that's notable glad we yeah. have your two cents yeah so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we got to run through uh news in 60 seconds here and Ooh. um well let's call it not 60 seconds so uh, news in we'll try in sixty seconds. So go ahead. <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe we should change. Maybe we should change it to that. Like you said, what happens in the past is that I mean we try to hit these, we get these done as quickly as possible. But really, what happens is that yes, we nerd out, and it takes a few minutes to actually do that. You know, so <laughs> we'll say news never in sixty seconds. News never. <laughs> All right, what do you got? Go. All right, let's go ahead and do it, guys. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, knock it out here. News in 60 seconds. Let's uh, start the clock, or don't start the clock. Let's just uh, do that now. All right. First article, uh, we're talking about Datsun and the Datsun brand dead again globally as the last car rolls off the line in India. Not, people, not everybody would know this, but Datsun did have a return or a resurgence in 2013, and uh, it was essentially aimed as a low-cost brand for developing countries. Specifically, in this case, you've got uh, Indonesia, uh, Russia, um, this plant was in India, so I'm sure they're definitely selling them in, in India as well. Uh, this is the second time in 91 years that the name has been axed, you could say. So that that is that. Now, the reasons why uh, they're saying here that sales did not meet expectations. 
the cars were marketed as a uh, as being cheap in regions where vehicle ownership is aspirational. You know what I mean? Um, which kind of it, it was kind of uh, kind of weird to me. So let's say Nissan knew that the Datsun brand was meant to be affordable, and then it gets a reputation for being cheap or gets a reputation for being too affordable. I, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out. There is a you gotta we gotta figure out the distinction between cheap and affordable. I guess is what's what's going on. Because in my yeah, mind, it, they did exactly what they were aiming to do. Yeah, is it a quality issue or is this like a a, uh, a money a, issue? A money issue. And right. I, I'm well, thinking this was. And it's hard to say, but can I just go ahead and point out that it's a moot yeah. point? <laughs> so it, right, it doesn't matter anymore, right? Doesn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they will say though, yes, uh, you know, at least based on this article, there were a few examples that can make make you think it could be a combination of both. Uh, one was that um, there were some poor crash protection, uh, a few ratings here, and you could say that they didn't do so well. Some some in case got a zero star rating. Not a good look. Maybe that's the cheap part. Now, as far as the affordable part, uh, they were saying from a pricing strategy, it, it wasn't a good strategy for Nissan as a whole because, in essence, Datsun was cannibalizing Nissan sales, at least in those those regions, because both versions, both Nissan and Datsun were offered in that same territory. So Nissan's kind of shooting themselves in the foot sort of speak. So uh, that is just another reason leading into this um, to, well, into this decision. It's nothing new. I mean, ultimately, Dawson was was a test market. I mean, in the 80s, when it came over here in the United States and yeah. the other markets that it came out in, and it was basically to keep the brand from losing any face if it failed. So, and, yeah. and what had happened in the 80s, they dropped it because it was starting to confuse. So, or they felt for whatever reason it was well, confusing. So and they were the only company out there that was doing that at that time. So they just said, "Why do we want to be the only people doing it? It's causing confusion, apparently." And so they they axed it. You know, yeah. that was the end of it. Well, I think with Dotson uh, in the beginning, they there was a when Dotson first kind of debuted on in the U.S. There was a fear by Nissan that this could backfire. And they didn't want to harm the reputation of the name Nissan. So that's where partly, I won't say all, but that's part of the reason why Datsun name it was used. Um, then when, you know, in the mid 80s, when Nissan finally realized, hey, we're actually, we're, we don't see ourselves going anywhere. We see this being more of a long-term thing. That's when they transitioned to the Nissan name, right? Uh, and then, of course, trying to reintroduce themselves uh, as Datsun. Uh, in 2013, uh, in this case, not as successful, but maybe, maybe you can consider it sort of that experimental try. At least they tried. I, I, I do give them credit for that. Um, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was okay, and and we've talked about this before, Mike. I mean, where we? Yes. I remember we were talking about this in a parking lot. Surprise! Surprise! surprise. Um, at a car meet, I think at a Nissan car meet, and we're like, "Man, this new Datsun's going to come out," and you know they're they're bringing it back. So we were under the assumption that we were going to get variations of the old, you know, uh, some great cars that were going to make its way out to us. And we were thinking, okay, at the time, what was it? Uh, Toyota just dropped Scion out. Yes. And um, yeah, so we're thinking, That's... okay. 
they're yeah. going to compete. They're, they're going to get into it. Yeah. And so Nissan's going to throw some great models to compete with, uh, with Scion models, which uh, that's what, that's what the expectation was. And then it just, okay. The, the bad news just started coming. It was like, they're not going to be in our market. <laughs> and right. Then it was just like, and then it was delayed model coming out. Then the model dropped and we're just like, that's kind of where I, where I thought because I remember, of course, it you start hearing the name Dotson, and I, and that's that's why that's one of the reasons why I owned a Dotson. I own a Dotson. It's because it's a name of a of a brand. You can't buy it these days, you know. It, it's it's part of that that story and that character, you know. And when they were bringing it back, I was like, oh man, they're gonna come back with a vengeance, you know. They're coming after Scion. They're gonna compete with the FRS, which had just come I out remember. that same year. We were excited. Oh man, we were super excited, and. Right. You yeah. know what? You it's crazy, and you touched on a good point. And I apologize; I, I don't want to sidestep. But to me, when I see Dotson, it's as much of a of an American story as it is, a, a, you know, a story with Japanese roots and American roots. But it's very much an American pride thing. Uh, I don't know. To me, anyway, like when the Dotsons come, I'm almost proud to to own a Dotson at this point. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'm almost proud to keep it going. And, yes. and I'm not saying that I don't love all my other Nissan um, harem just as much, but I'm just saying that the Dotsons hold a special place in my heart um, for sure. Because, uh, you know, I, to me, it was one of the times that I probably could have been the most proud of Nissan. Yeah. So yeah. I, I agree. It's, it's like a wine, man. It's just like that name just, you know, at least here in U S territory, it just gets stronger and stronger. The further, the long, the older it gets, I don't know, at least from a, again, maybe it's just me. Uh, thinking. Too, why are you? I'm nerding out. Yeah, yeah. Why, why yeah. are you teasing me with his IDX right now in front of me? <laughs> well, that was the thing in this article. Why are you teasing me with a dude, car that I'm never gonna get? The best car that was never made. I didn't tease you. The drive dot uh, drive dot com dot au teased you because they just had to include a picture of the IDX, and that's why that's why I've shown it because I was like, they're teasing us. They're reminding us of what we couldn't have. It's like you know, ten years ago. High school, and you're just like, damn. Yeah, man, I heard she's got five kids now. Oh, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, no. But my point uh, is, the, ID, the IDX, again, to this day, whenever people ask me, like, the biggest mistake, yeah. not making that car. That car is gorgeous. I don't care. I got to get, I, we got to get uh, Beasley on here to talk about that, who designed that car, or was ooh. one of the, the principals. So, That's right. Yeah. You know what would be cool? What if... You know what? And there's a whole other side topic, though. There, there is a yeah, new well, law that just out. yes. Give, give me two seconds. There was a comp. There's a law that just came out that allows for small businesses to produce up to a certain number of cars. Um, essentially, you know how when cars are antique, they get they get away with a lot more stuff because there's only so few of them on the road these days. The same rule applies for manufacturers. There are some car manufacturers that produce so little volume. So the government's kind of a little more loose with them. But what if – so in that situation, what if a company just said, you know what? Screw it, man. We're going to make what Nissan never made. Like – and just try to make it to a T. the rights to it. Yeah. Yeah, the rights. Uh, yeah. But there was a – I was watching something the other day where there was a guy who wanted the IDX so bad that I think he was planning to chop up something in a platform. <laughs> 
yeah. like a brand new it was a nissan i think it was like gonna be like the kicks and he was gonna take the kicks he was gonna chop it up because it was the closest thing to it yeah. and chop it up and try to put a platform in it that he wanted yeah um some type of turboed four cylinder or something in there and it looks i don't know if you ever got his boots on the go but i gotta try to find this guy and if he pulled it off or he's doing it we got to support him because uh, you can, there's only two of these I think in the world um, <laughs> and they're just, I would love to actually see when I, I wish I knew where they were in the world. I, I would definitely try to make a vacation just to kind of spend a day sleeping around it. <laughs> That's how much I love that car. I really yeah. do. I, I, I was almost saving for it when I heard that it was potentially going to be um, going into production and then they were toying yeah. with it and then dropped it. But now moving on. One, so. oh, sorry, one last side note, because this model did exist. It rolled out under its own power, to the best of my knowledge. And so did what they called a base model, which had, remember it had the denim, the yes. denim material seats. Yeah, now, it was two cars. Yeah. watch, who knows, in, in the future, it's going to happen. Those cars are going to hit auction, and man, oh man, those cars are going to freaking, they're going to break a record. They're, they're uh, production types, so they'll never be up for sale. They're going to be on. They're going to niece on properties, or for whatever silly reason, they'll end up in uh, like they did those other cars. They'll end up in concept, uh, concept yeah. hell. N so. Nissan has to know how much in the enthusiasts drooled over this car. I mean, it's a, it's more than any other. Like it's every 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 person could could drool over a concept car, but this one's so much more than if I could. Can you measure the amount of drool and liters and communicate it? To, I would say to this, song? like if I ever became a wealthy man for whatever silly reasons, um, okay. I would try to hunt this car down. As like a, <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. Right, nobody would ever sell it, but moving on. Moving uh, on, moving on. Yes, tonight, yes, yes, yes. So. Okay. Uh, 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let, let's keep on going, though. This one will be much, much quicker. Let's go to the next one here. There is a, a PSA out for certain owners if you own a new uh, Rogue. Nissan is recalling certain Rogue models over an improperly manufactured fuel tank. Uh, these Rogue models were uh, produced at the uh, Smyrna, Tennessee plants. And it was what Nissan essentially called a supplier oversight. And what's ex what's happened is that uh, on a very small number of fuel tanks inside uh, in these rogues, uh, there is a thin wall area or a thin wall section of that fuel tank. It's near the bottom of the tank, and they're saying that with t general wear and tear, uh, you, you, you can, huh? Just joking. Oh God. Oh, man, I'm sorry, man. I was in the zone, Chief. Sorry. <laughs> They're saying that this thin wall section is at the bottom side of the fuel tank. And with general wear and tear as you're driving this car, as you're going to, uh, you know, debris could, uh, it could puncture this thin wall section and lead to a fuel leak. And, of course, that is never good. Uh, so that is the reason for the... Uh, for this uh, recall, they're saying that a production operator noticed this defect uh, on, during the assembly process. So someone on the assembly line caught this and and, and raised the flag. And this is where this um, uh, Japanese, you call it a, a kaizen, you know, continuous improvements. Uh, they're going to look into this supplier defect, perhaps change a design to make it better. Uh, and uh, I, I really ad admire that this uh, this this. This uh, assembly team member actually caught this, and at my suggestion, they should get a raise. So go from um, there on that. 
I uh, I do want to point out Ion threw a zinger out there, of course Uh-oh. a dad joke, and he said, "Would you say the fuel tanks went rogue?" That <laughs> 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 is like, oh. dad, dad, oh, the king of dad jokes. That's our boy. The king of dad jokes. Ion. Yes, fuel tanks there went rogue. In front of my friends. Oh. All right. <laughs> Last one. We do have one more news in 60 seconds-ish, 60-ish. Let's go for it here, though. Um, The Nissan is closing their order books on the 2022 Nissan GTR in Japan. Uh, Yet, they do remain coy as to the future of the GTR the R35 specifically, though. This does come from carscoops.com. They're saying that um, uh, let's just not forget that sales or much less availability of the gtr it is dwindling for various reasons either for emission reasons uh or various uh uh regulations in certain uh countries uh and whatnot so uh these r35s are getting harder and harder to buy new uh so that was one mentioned in this article though but they are saying here that uh, for the 2022 uh, GTR model, uh, you can no longer find it on the Jap- Nissan J- Japan website. Uh, they have said here that uh, the reason for this is because the number of orders has reached the planned sales volume. That's a pretty exact statement. They're saying we've sold as many as we plan to. And you know what? We're not gonna we're not gonna sell anymore. So that's sort of some some foreshadowing here that the 2022 GTR is gonna be a rare car forever i mean it, it, there's not very many in fact they're saying that only a hundred examples of the t t-spec gtr were produced and buyers were selected through a ballot system think about that t-spec nismo model uh sorry t-spec gtr model only a hundred models only a hundred units very very low volume so uh you could say that the 2022 gtr is definitely a uh, you know, in, when it comes in the future, it, it is going to be a sought out, sought out year uh, to get because of its rarity. Anyway, uh, one last thing, I did notice something in which you might, when I caught this, I laughed because I was like, I can't believe this. The 2022 GTR was only released in Japan, and I was like, what does that mean? Let's let's look into this some more. If you go to the Nissan USA website, which you can see right here, I wish I can zoom in on this. You can only see it is a it's 2022, but it is a 2021 year model GTR. So it's uh here we go again. They Nissan did the same thing with the 370Z. Was it 2022? Same thing. They only sold 2021 models, and and I'm I'm surprised I didn't see this sooner. It was very I kind of gives you an idea of what's what's what Nissan's plans are. Uh, beyond that, they said that these these uh, models uh, they cannot speak further on future product plans or announcements. So that does kind of tease us per se of, as to what happens to the future of the R35 GTR. Maybe there's a new generation coming. We'll have to wait. Uh, what do you think? You know, it's best guess at this point. It, it's hard to say. I, I would think at this point the GTR would probably need a facelift if they're going to continue on the platform. Yeah. Maybe they take a year off, date some other people, just see what's going on. <laughs> um, the waters. But, you know, you never know. Um, maybe if they do to put out a GTR, I don't know, man, I can't see Nissan putting any development into something 
that's going to suck up that much cash flow for them um, anytime soon. So I think the GTR is going to have a pause. And then if Nissan hits the financial level of profit that I think they're going to hit in the next three to four years, then okay. maybe they'll, they'll think about doing that again. I just don't think they're at that point right now. They just have too many balls in play and mm -hmm. too many plans that are kind of moving in a particular direction. And the GTR, unfortunately, is not part of that plan that, at this time. So. That, that makes sense. I can kind of see it just following the same path as the new Z right now. For example... There is no 2022Z. So in this case, yeah, there's not going to be a 2022, perhaps a, perhaps not a 2023 model, at least in the, in the States. And then when you start seeing the new model uh, for the following year, whichever year, the new generation, whatever year it starts, you're going to see a very, very low volume as they begin to ramp up. And yes, released very, very late in the year. I think Nissan's going to take as much time as they, as they can to... Um, conserve the cash they have, invest wisely. Uh, but by the way, I think their marketing team is going to be, you know, at, at its best, keeping the hype up of the car, even though no cars are available. <laughs> but yeah. maybe that's the formula because, you know, it's working. You know, the Z is a good example. You know, it's not out yet and it hasn't been, but Jesus Christ, the marketing team has been laying it on thick. <laughs> and it's okay, well, you know? Yeah. Well, actually on that note, um, I did want to kind of um, hijack everything for a quick moment. If you want oh. to give me the, the steering wheel. Uh -oh. Well, I wanted to talk about the, uh, the Vegas event. Um, oh, down here recently. Um, so sure. No one I'm there. So these pictures actually came uh, from our good friend, Chris Carl, uh, president of the ZCCA um, who actually got an invite out for the event. Lucky SOB. So um, <laughs> this was at uh, in Las Vegas um, for those that were selected. So um, usually they were just uh, folks of influence or um, I guess uh, if you have a job as an influencer, you got invited, um, if that's a thing. So um, I'll leave it at that. Some people are bitter about that. I'm not bitter whatsoever about that, but here we are. <laughs> right? um, so I'm just going to show some photos from you. But I do have to say um, the media team, like you had mentioned earlier, are doing a great mm -hmm. job with, with, uh, with uh, putting everything out there. I am blown away with the with this uh, with this event that they put out. Um, they definitely had the cars finally for for um, for people to kind of get in, check out, and I'll just kind of run through them. The um, I uh, I've just been impressed with uh, with how much of the uh, the effort that they kind of put in for the event. Yeah, I. Now this has been blown up. Obviously, obviously, the intent behind all of this was social media, right? So you're seeing it through various channels. Again, you mentioned some influencers. Uh, some of their videos, or you could say behind the scenes videos, are are ha have been uh, released live, and so uh, they're doing a really good job. Uh, I've seen a few uh, a few of them, you know, having us a, a pretty aggressive takeoff with the car. You know, you can you can hear them. Uh, uh, Tearing into those tires, making some noises, you know. So uh, it looks yeah, impressive. Yeah, what I want to know is like, where are all these banners, and and are they for sale? Because <laughs> <laughs> Daddy needs some of these for his garage. I'm just throwing that out there. So, but um, yeah, I, I mean, quite honestly, I, I 
I, even though, you know, not everybody gets an invite for something like this, and this is usually reserved for media and, and influences, which makes complete sense. You know, Nissan, they're trying to run a business, they're trying to promote. But at the end of the day, at least this wasn't very private to where anything could be released. This was very uh, public and shareable for a lot of those folks. And they did a great job sharing those with us. And we um, now get an opportunity to check all these things out. So, um, you know, I feel like they're definitely paying homage to, uh, to all the livery before they brought out some other models. I mean, this anniversary edition, yeah. uh, both, you know, the 280Z uh, black and gold. And then, of course, this, um, um, uh, you know, this uh, 50th right here, which now we're sought after uh, very much so. I mean, very cool. And um, I don't know. I, I'm just glad that uh, that they, they put something like this together for everybody out there. Yep. Um, I want to give a big shout out to, of course, um, uh, Dan Pass and all of his folks. Of course, everybody that put that together. And I wanted to show you one thing. Okay. For, the, uh, for those that uh, didn't notice, the man himself sitting My right there. My man, Peter Brock. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, very, so, very cool. Uh, He's actually, I think he is a resident in the Las Vegas area, so it just made sense. Uh, not too much of a drive for him. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad he was able yeah, to uh, partake. But uh, very cool. Thanks again for Chris Carl for sharing those publicly, and I just wanted to uh, yeah. go on. Oh, no. Oh, I did want to mention one thing, uh, which I have seen that – uh, I I, I want to call it more than a rumor. So for those of you listening, uh, this was a media day. Now, however, you got to understand, not all of the content has been released uh, since that day. Uh, there is, from what I've heard, a planned release date when all of this uh, content uh, essentially is allowed to release. And that date is May 16th. It's on a Monday, so just about a week and a half from now. And okay. that is the date that you're going to see more of these official reviews uh, of the cars, the the in the, the, the driving reviews, uh, a bunch of these things. And the big one is, I hear that's the date that Nissan will officially give us pricing on the U.S. Uh, new Zs. That's what we've been waiting for this whole time. For how long, you know, that is that is the, uh, we can stop guessing moment, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so very cool yes. um yeah let me, let's check some comments real quick yeah um mr uh john papa giorgio papa sergio of course i like to call him papa giorgio because it makes yeah. me laugh uh was thinking the same thing dibs on the banners i'm right there with you homie if i can get one i'll let you know yes so, um yeah he needs it for for his uh his uh z-din as well yeah. um tyler wanted to take it back a little bit when we were going back a few um articles he said mm -hmm. i think i read somewhere nissan <clears throat> were testing gasoline assisted electrical cars they made one but it didn't go too well in a race apparently this was for a future project can't remember where it was where i read that um mm -hmm. if you find it let us know um you know that would be uh, fun yeah uh, yeah, uh, you know, maybe we'll dig into that. See if we can find that uh, that flaw or that uh, that unfortunate <laughs> situation uh, attempt. Yes, attempt. But you know, hey, you know, so you fall on your face, right? How do you recover from it? Hey, we're you know, we're human. You, develop, you evolve, and uh, you know, Nissan's really good about that. You know, they'll if they if they think it's a lost venture, okay, we trash we we. We um we with mothball it or we trash it and we we shift focus you know so yeah it is what it is 
So it is. It is. Good point. Uh, moving on down the line, uh, we uh, we did news in sixty seconds. I got motorsports. Yes, so, we do. Motorsports. Let's jump into motorsports news. Um, actually, the uh, Super GT uh, just went down, and Mike, I am going to take that stairwell one mo time. Mm-hmm. So here. Sure. Where are you at? There you go. Oh, and you can see it. All right. So this is actually the uh, the race that uh, just kind of went down here in uh, in Fuji. Uh, this is round two, um, and I'm going to go ahead and play this while I talk in the background. All right. So uh, again, this was a round two Fuji. Uh, the dates on this one were the third and the fourth. So while uh, the rest of us were uh, were working, this went <laughs> down. Is why you saw the crash kind of go down. Oh. We're going to be talking about here during the week. You're like, man, that didn't happen on the weekend, and I didn't know what was going on. Um, but yeah, that's actually what happened. So uh, the race was just over the uh, the last few days. So over at Fuji Speedway. So um, a few things that I wanted to kind of talk about was uh, how practice went. So for the third of uh, May third, um, practice actually went pretty darn good uh, for Nissan as a whole. Um, you know, they were putting up some impressed numbers, um, on the first part of the morning. Um, it looked as if the, uh, the Supras were, and the NSXs were kind of killing it in the morning, but they held strong fifth, sixth, seventh, uh, place, Calsonic Impulse Z, the Motul Altec Z and the Craft Sports Motul Z in the 500 class coming out for the, uh, the Fuji excuse me, for the GT300 class, and I do want to give a mention out of this one because there's a trend emerging here, the Tanax Gainer <laughs> GTR, they yeah. actually uh, held, I mean, they were killing it with practice, and they took the morning practice uh, running a, a 135.990, which is pretty impressive in the 300 class. Um, they, were, uh, they were a little over... Um, a uh, tenth of a second faster than the uh, their next rival, which was the Toyota GR86. Mm. Now, um, from this point, let's see here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the latter part of the third, which is going to be qualifying. So in the 500 class in the qualifying, um, the, the Subaru BRZ took first place. Uh, excuse me, I apologize. I'm going to 500 class. So uh, going into qualifying, the uh, Supra, uh, based the Weds Advan Supra and ended up taking first on the pole. Um, second was the Realized Advan Z. Um, they came in second, pretty good for them. Third oh, wow. coming in uh, was the the Craft Sports Motul Z. Um, so kudos to them. Qualifying on the 300 class, um, we. Let me see here. It wasn't the Subaru BRZ. Uh, excuse me. It wasn't the Gainer. They got beat out by the Subaru BRZ. And the Gainer took second place on the poles there. Um, now, we're talking the next day, morning of the race. We're, uh, well, there's more. Calm down. Yes. Yeah, well, there's a little bit. Now, before we go into this, obviously, we've got a race that's ongoing here. Now, yes. something I want to kind of show you, uh, this is some of the footage that was taken. Now, we'll get here to around... And I'll show it to you here in just a second. I'm going to show you a pretty aggressive pass that kind of led up to uh, the crash that we're talking about here. Okay. So these are the two cars that were involved. <clears throat> and this is the uh, and this is the pass pre uh, predecessing that. Oh. Okay. Passports three, yeah. 
could be wrong, but let me double check. So, and then here we've got our um, unfortunate our impact, and I think all of us have watched this about ten times over. I know, man, uh, this accident. Oh my god! But what's crazy is I went back and I looked over everything, and I was thinking, okay, <clears throat> and we'll we'll show this a couple times. Yeah. Oh man, <sighs> that's so hard to watch, man. Yeah. Now, go ahead. Now, if you see the super pull away, the Z's got nowhere to go. And he didn't even see it. Other, yeah, he didn't even see it. He was completely blocked by it, and it was split second. Um, the other car, the super was probably either drafting. Um, I, I forgot to check in with the SARD camp um, here today. I didn't know if they were claiming that they were just trying to draft the car or didn't notice. Because I, I want to say that that car hadn't gone into any type of limp or hazard mode. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything that was malicious from what yeah. the interviews have, have kind of pointed out. And the SARD team did basically bow and say that they um, they were at fault for for causing the incident. Now, when you say S A R D, what do you mean? Just for those for the uh, layman, the Sard, the, the Sard racing team. <laughs> it's, just, it, it's the card in front of them. I know how to spell models. Yeah, was... <laughs> that's the Toyota team. Is what you're saying? Toyota team. Basically. Okay, okay. So they they, they admit they admitted faults. And now you did mention. You know, we were talking about this the other day. There was not a yellow on the flag. It seemed like this car was in a. Um, you know, a limp mode of sorts. They could not accelerate. They could not speed. And you would think there'd be a, 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 either a safety car or a virtual safety car in that section, in that sector. Yeah, but if you look but there at wasn't. the car, there's, there's zero hazard on for that car whatsoever. Okay. And then ultimately, that the Z just locks up its brakes. There, was, there wasn't a contact that was made on those cars. Yeah. They He just ultimately locked up the brakes and went straight into the wall. But unfortunately, that was the number three, Craftsport Multiple Z. Um, thankfully, he walked away unscathed from this incident. Um, and the accident was so bad and required so much cleanup that they actually had to do a full stop. On red the flag uh, mm -hmm. which wow. is what it is right here i um you know when i first saw this thank you for explaining it though but when i first saw it like my gut reaction was like this is like some cheap dirty move that that car yeah, had made yeah. it reminded me of like every yeah you told me about it and i'm like i don't think that's what happened here but yeah, right right it reminded me of every 80s movie like where like for example like karate kid when they're like sweep the leg you're like, whoa, 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 what, what? Like, that's what it felt like to me just for a second. But now you're just saying that it's, it's just, it was just a circumstance, you know, of, of, of that. Rubbing is racing. <laughs> <laughs> so again, um, you know, we've got two series going on. Obviously we've talked about this, but for those that don't know, you've got a 500 class and 300 class that run on the track at the same time. Um, the day kind of uh, from here, not too much more contact and not, um, thankfully no other severe, severe crashes, uh, that really kind of came up on the radar, but, um, finishing out for the 500 class, okay. the Acura NSX took first Toyota, uh, the Tom super ended up coming in second, the Calsonic Impul Z ended up taking third and fourth, third um, and fourth. Kudos to them. Yeah. They were finishing out in, in really good point standings. Hmm. Now, remember I talked about in the 300 class, the Tanax um, taking out for the practice. They pretty much killed it with the practice came in second on the qualifying on the pole. Yes. 
Um, they ended up taking and seizing the day, holding first place with the Busuo GTR in second place. Impressive. Yeah, so they kicked tail all day long. Yeah, so... So kudos <laughs> to them. A hell of a race day. hell of a points... Um, points day for nissan all around so um the next race that's going to be up for um super gt will actually um be coming up here on the 28th and the 29th that will be at the suzuka circuit um of course we will try to give you uh, any updates or live streams that we have on that as we continue to move forward through the series again uh we're coming up on round three out of an eight round series okay very impressive, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad the guy walked away. I'm sure the team's got a lot of wrenching to do between now and the next race, but it, I hope they make bad. it. It looked yeah. bad. It looked bad. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, if it's okay, man, let's go ahead and roll into the next uh, motorsports, which is Formula E. Um, I'll share my screen on this, and uh, we mentioned this on the last episode. We are rolling into round six. Which is in the historic streets of Monaco. Uh, this is the same exact track configuration used as the F1 track. Uh, previous Formula E uh, seasons, uh, up until last year, uh, used uh, shorter versions or different versions of the track. This was actually, the, I think, the second time they've actually used the exact track used uh, with the historic F1 uh, configuration. So uh, getting into it, it was a single race, not a double header, as most e Formula E races are. Uh, this took place on uh, April 30th. Now the Nismo site, nismo.com, if you want to go to it, they had a really good uh, recap video. And I'm going to let this run in the background for just a second as we talk about it. So this was round six. Uh, we had, of course, uh, Maximilian Gunther and Sebastian Buemi as our drivers. Uh, Gunther qualified a very impressive uh, 11th place. Now, he would only um, finish, unfortunately, in 17th place. Now, uh, he would have had a much, much better result. But near the last lap of this race, they were having energy consumption issues. Of course, we all know in Formula E, that's a whole factor that we really don't think of before in other leagues. You can only use so much power. And so, if not, you get a DNF or disqualified. And so, for this reason, uh, in one of the last race, one of the last laps of that race, uh, Gunther was in a very comfortable uh, P7 and then had to reduce his power consumption just to finish with you know uh, within within range. Uh, but as a result of that, he finished P17. Uh, sort of unfortunate though. Uh, Sebastian Buemi qualified 22nd. And he finished in eighth. Uh, he did bring home for Nissan four points uh, for the series. Think about it. We could have had a Nissan P7, P8, which would have been very, very, oh, man, so such a nice feeling. But, again, it is one of those unfortunate things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how much traffic is out there. Like, you know, uh, I mean, the pack is just so tightly wound together. It's just crazy. Oh, yeah. P7, man, uh, P8, man. P7P, it could have been. Now, it, and as a result, it was P8 and P17. Um, what they did in this video, what they did, it is essentially summarized what, what had happened. And if you notice that they're qualifying, we mentioned qualifying in 11th and in 22nd. 22nd is last place, by the way. That's the last position on the grid. And to finish in P8, 
that is a very impressive feat. That was Sebastian Buemi's uh, handiwork. Uh, so what they're trying to say here is that their qualifying strategy wasn't as successful, wasn't successful uh, as they had planned. However, the racing strategy, it, it, it was good. Uh, aside from the unfortunate qual- uh, power consumption issue, uh, it, it was it was a successful strategy. So I hope that they take this as a note uh, into the future races. Now we still have ten races left in this season. Uh, so again, I I. I uh, I choose to remain positive in Nissan's uh, output uh, so far. Currently, they are uh, eighth place as a constructor and pretty comfortable as an eighth uh, position constructor. the The position below them, uh, they uh, uh, I sorry, let me say this: as eighth as eighth position as a constructor, they have twelve points for this season. Now, uh, ninth place has seven points so you know it's about there's a good spread it's comfortable there's some tolerance in the in there and then when you get into who is uh at seventh place as a constructor they've got 30 points so nissan does have some time to go uh some points to win to really get into that next uh position uh p7 as a constructor if it is possible and again i am crossing my fingers uh that they uh adapt to this so uh, again props to nissan uh the next races round seven and eight are happening in berlin germany uh specifically there is a historic tempelhof airport that is where the uh, track is being arranged for these next two rounds and those take place next weekend a week and a half from now that's may 15th and 16th uh so there you go man props uh to nissan uh wish him the best with this, uh, this this upcoming races. Oh, very cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I do have the next one, Miles, and, and I think you've got the last two. You want to you sure. keep on going? Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, m- moving on, uh, this was actually a new announcement uh, that we heard this week, is that uh, Nissan is actually entering two cars into their Fuji yeah. 24 hours. Uh, I really right. like this. Uh, when I saw this, I was again excited. Of course, they are new- using the new Generation Z as part of this entry. Uh, this takes place June 4th and 5th, again at Spooji Feed- uh, Speedway, uh, 24-hour endurance race. Uh, now, what you should know is that they are in what they call the ST-Q class. And, and what that means is that these cars are not conforming to any specific regulation. They're, they're not competing per se. Uh, the, the full intent behind their entry is to uh, gather data for the car to be used in other categories of motorsport. So, of course, this car is just so new. They're just trying to understand more about it. And what better way to do that, especially an endurance race 24 hours at Fuji Speedway? It's a great opportunity. And so they've been allowed entry into this race. So if for those of you that are fans of endurance racing, you will see two Nissan race, uh, two uh, Zs uh, as part of uh, this this race. So... um, Oh, what is that? Uh, we're just about a month away so from that. So I, I definitely need to set that up. Uh, should be exciting to see. Yeah. And Nissan's fielding two cars uh, from what I read here. It looked like they were fielding out uh, one from the Nismo uh, factory team. And then, of course, with the Max Rod squad, Max Racing squad as well. But the listing of drivers, I don't know if you had a chance to check that out for the oh. Nismo one. They're pulling every 
every major driver that they have, um, Kintarelli, Matsula, Hirati, Sasaki, even a uh, retired out uh, Hoshino, uh, Kazuki, by the way, Kazuki Hoshino, mm. um, who, who's a retired Super GT driver. Oh, I mean, wow. the list goes on. And that's just a massive amount of talent for a testing platform. So I don't know. So the, you know Nissan's not playing any games um, to ask their drivers to kind of come out and do that. So, yeah, kudos to them. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, uh, so. You want to handle the next uh, two? Do you mind? You sure. I'll just go ahead and take them. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Super simple. Uh, Formula D is coming around again. We got round two um, happening actually uh, tomorrow and the next day out at Road Atlanta. Um, if you get a chance, you can check out that um, if you're in the Atlanta area. Um, or you can uh, check up for other event dates at FormulaD.com. But again, that will be round two, May 6th, May 7th. Um, I also wanted to um, give a shout out to the uh, Centra Cup, uh, what we've been waiting so patiently on um, that we talked about a little bit um, over the last year. That will be dropping here soon, May 20th. You can continue to check out some of the action and get up to speed on what that's about at centracup.com. Very, very cool. Uh, by the way, man, I do definitely want to give a shout out to our good friend, Jonathan Wheeler. He will be competing, uh, not in Formula D, but what you should know is that concurrently uh, during that weekend at Road Atlanta, there is a time attack competition as well. Uh, our friend Jonathan Wheeler will be competing in that uh uh, in that league, you might say, he's got a uh, 370Z, a rather impressive 370Z. Uh, we definitely had a great opportunity to meet with him uh, during – he actually traveled here to uh, Austin, Circuit of the Americas. And uh, uh, for those who saw the episode, awesome episode, we, uh, we spent the entire night at Coda swapping out an engine at the track. And he's using I that engine. An engine from my garage. Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> he's still racing on to this day. Which still racing. We we did racing on my engine. That's pretty awesome. So. Yeah, we we spoke with him uh, through text just the other day. You know, wishing yeah. him good luck. At, obviously, I believe by now he's probably at Road Atlanta preparing. Uh, but yeah, we sure. he he, so. he let us know. Yeah, uh, the engine that we helped uh, helped him install. Mm -hmm. Um, it is still in the car. He said it's on a very conservative tune at the moment. He said, however, when that time comes to really set a lap, he's going to go ahead and put it into the, uh, what he called the victory tune, which is where he's just maxing out the, uh, the tune, by the way, it, it doesn't include a knock detection. He's just saying, you know what, whatever happens, happens. Let's send it. Uh, definitely. <laughs> Awesome guy. We wish him the best of luck, man. I definitely look forward to hearing more about it. Hopefully, uh, with, th with that attitude, I, I cannot see him not coming out with a podium uh, here this, go, this upcoming I guess we got to go find him another engine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do this all over again. So, anyway. Hey, you know what? I, I would do it for him. He's a great guy, man. A great uh, he's guy. A great, guy. Yeah, great. But, uh, yeah, kudos to him. Uh, we wish him the best of luck. And uh, we'll keep you updated on Mr. Wheeler as we move forward from there. So Cool. Um, well, let's go into, we got back alley chat, Mike. We're actually doing pretty good on time. Well, sort of, kind of, maybe not, yeah. but, um, back alley chat, you wanted to talk about workplaces, workspaces and, uh, yeah. Tools. So let me premise. So, you know, miles again, uh, 
for those who are listening, a behind the scenes thing. Every time we do these episodes, we have to really dig like what are we talking about especially after nearly 50 episodes we got to figure out a topic that we haven't spoke about before and so this one i really don't think we've talked about before um this came from a personal story so me and uh i've got a really close brother he's a mechanic by profession and uh man i i tell you what man i I give him all the props in the world man he has in his uh, 26 years of life, he has done so many builds, so many engine swaps, so many conversions. Uh, you know, the list goes on. And he's done all this the entire time without a garage. He literally has you know, a compressor in the corner and you know, not even a canopy. He just does it right in the driveway. You know, we've got the wind coming and dirt flying and everything else. And uh, it's... And I always tell him, well, don't you want a garage? Don't you, you know, what's, what's the deal? So, so, and me and him, uh, just even though we come from the same blood, we've always had different views, uh, or just different approaches. I shouldn't say different views, different approaches, um, for for how to do a project build. And I really think the guys, for you guys listening with us, could probably relate to this. That's why I thought it would be a good topic. Um, I am of the the nature where, you know what, if I'm going to do a build or, uh, or some sort of project, I want, um, uh, you know, some shelter. I want to have a, a clean atmosphere. I want my tools sorted. I kind of want to know where they are. You know, I might, I might even clean a tool or two. You know what I mean? Really just where I feel in my in my mind that I'm doing this this build to the best of my ability. Now, I should say this because I am an enthusiast. I don't do this as a profession. And so I, I really uh, – you can say I'm just a perfectionist by nature. You know, I try to – I aspire to be uh, if I'm not. Now, my brother, on the other hand, his logic is – just get it done. Stop worrying about all this, you know, uh, stop wearing gloves. Start Get your hands dirty, for God's sake. So what? There's some dirt on the threads. Just get it done, you know. So we have two varying points of view on how to do a project or, or at least the criteria to get a project started. So that's what I wanted to point it on to you, Miles. Uh, I got a few questions. And, and you know what? I'll, I'll mention a few of these as we go. But the first one is, uh, you know, when it comes to tools... What's your approach to tools? Now, first of all, I should say you own a bunch of toolboxes. You have like four, like full size tool. Yeah, don't tell the misses. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> your eyes got uh, big on that one. <laughs> no. So I've got four full out toolboxes, and then I've got specialty toolboxes. Okay. Um, depending on what I'm going to mess with. Um, but yeah, I've got pretty much any Z tool that has come out for the most part. I'm usually okay. going to buy, and then I, I buy a lot of Dotson a Nissan X X OEM tooling, like dealership tooling. If I can Ooh. find it, eBay. And wow. if, I know, if I know a mechanic over there, that's got some tooling that they're kind of putting out to pasture, I'll usually buy it from them, that kind of stuff. So um, I've got a couple wow. things. Yeah, I, I've been, I've been, you've been over and then you know that I make yes. my own tools all the time. Like that's I what I, do. you've got the workbench and then you've got four toolboxes and they're all the same model, by the way, they're identical. Yeah. They're just in a row. I'm like, I don't know how you managed to pull that off. I know you didn't buy them at the same time. You, no, it's no, it's that I, Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace deals that's just like lightning I'm not, struck. I'm not kind of, yeah. That, now the thing about me, it's like I I love tools, but I don't. I, I'm not the I'm not a snap on Maco kind of guy. Like okay. I, I don't go for the cheapy. I can't handle. I, I can't handle you know, a finance payment for a screwdriver. It's just not, you know, <laughs> it doesn't logically make sense to me because there there's tools that 
are hard workers that are going to see abuse and potentially breakage. Yes. And yeah, you can get replacement, but the the monetary factor shouldn't be yeah. it. Like a guy who's working on a Z yeah. and, and putting car parts in for it as an enthusiast shouldn't go out there and spend – 15 grand on a toolbox yeah. and tools yeah. and and you still don't have everything that you want that's just ridiculous to me so yeah. the reality uh i kind of started being smart and i started following like tool like mechanics that i liked and i saw what they operated with and then from there i just kind of felt I try to fill the my toolboxes with what I felt that I needed. And then quality, uh, you know, I didn't quite go Harbor Freight on everything, but Harbor okay. Freight makes decent stuff for, 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 for hit or miss on certain things. Um, yes. I have a lot of craftsmen and then, you know, but that's just how I roll. And then some tools, like I have really vintage Snap-on stuff, like we're talking old Snap-on when they sold, contracted with the military in the 60s and the 70s. Oh, wow. Um, which people didn't know, but you can buy those because Snap-on guys don't want those um, because they're uh, they're too old. But mm. they work and they work and they're damn near indestructible. Um, so yeah, so yeah. I buy those quite a bit. I buy toolboxes as a whole. So I go to like estate sales and I just buy everything. I, oh wow! Three hundred bucks. I'll, let me give you everything you got. So I have like band saws. I've got that that I've adopted. Um, drill presses. Um, but I mean, going back to it. Um, I make my own tools yeah. when I need to because I don't I don't want to justify the cost of paying a lot of money. But it, workspace is workspace and tooling is is very important. I put everything yes. away when I'm done. I clean everything. Mm -hmm. I know where usually everything is. Um, yeah. But yeah, Let, I, what I was thinking was, uh, and again, I. I I'm trying to think about the range, and especially for those who are listening to us. You know, I, I was thinking about. Um, uh, a few things. One you mentioned. So me and you, we are coming from the point of the enthusiast. So yes, we don't. This isn't our profession. Uh, you know, time isn't exactly money. Now we we definitely want to get a useful. We want to make use of our time in a build. We don't want to spend forever on a project. But we're not of the professional nature a hundred percent of the time. So you're saying that yeah, when it comes to tools, the ones that are particularly expensive, it's just like well. You know, I'm not trying to make money with these tools. I'm just kind of fulfilling my personal um, desires to just to be a, just to be a gearhead. You know, so um, when it comes to tools, no. I, I do see that. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, so and I'll, I'll you know, for a newer guy, they're not going to see this as much. But you've got a guy out there who's listening to the call right now, and he's rocking, you know like an 87 Z 31 that he's just trying to keep afloat yeah. or he's, or he got somebody else that's rocking like a Datsun 610 and they're just trying to keep it together and, and everything like that. Now at the end of the day, half the stuff isn't available for you. Yeah. You know, um, you've got to refurbish stuff. So you've got to get a little creative at times. And then um, you find that, you know, you can't afford to turn this over to the mechanic nine times out of 10, because you don't want to pay Seventy-five dollar an hour labor rate. So guess what? Maybe I need to learn how to change my spark plugs Maybe and I need to learn how to do that. So you mm -hmm. start to invest in tooling and invest in spaces, um, yep. and that's where that stuff becomes important. And that's how you keep cars alive. Is you just gotta learn to wrench on them yourself. And that comes a good point, though. Two two things is that as a son of a mechanic, you you realize that um, 
you know, sometimes you realize that the guy you hire, if you do, first of all, if you hire somebody else to do that job, especially if you're mechanically inclined, you see it as like a, you're losing honor if you hire somebody else. It's kind of, it's kind of what it feels like sometimes, right? There is like, like that, just the, uh, uh, yeah, just, ah, like, God, I know I could do it, but I'm hiring somebody. And, and then sometimes you realize that they're guessing just as much as you are. If you don't hire the right mechanic or technician, because mechanic, they can get offended sometimes. I, I've heard. Now, if you don't hire the right technician, you know, if, if you're trying to lowball a technician, uh, you realize that they're, they're, they're guessing just as much as you would have, but only you're paying the 75 or, you know, the, the hourly rate. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, this is why, and, and I, I, I'm not going to sidetrack too much, yes. but this is why the importance of the forums, um, really made us and really made the two of us. If yeah. you think about it without the f- car forums, I wouldn't be as much of a knowledgeable or have the confidence to work on stuff as much as I, I have been yeah. because I've, I was given the knowledge or I found a source to say, okay, all you got to do is this, this, and this. And you're like, yeah. okay, I can follow instructions and I can take my time. And I know this is a two hour job on a book, but guess what? I'm probably going to take six hours to do it for the yeah. first time. But yes, then after you, time. Do, after you do six, 10, 20 of those, you post <laughs> it up on, it wasn't Facebook back then, but you're posting it up on your pages or, or these other forums. Yeah. People would ask you like, Hey, how did you get this done? And then, you know what? I'll, I'll just, and, I'm more of a pay it forward kind of guy. I'll just, you know what? I'll come to your house. You're on pizza duty. I, and uh, you, you need this, this, and this, and then tool. And that's how it started. Like for most people that I know, I, I think I started when me and you started working on cars, yeah. I would tell you, Hey, you need this tool. You're like, do I really need it? I was like, yeah, go out and buy yep. this tool. Yep. And then, and then you started and next thing you know, your tools start going crazy. Cause you're only really buying what you need. Truly, because you're following instructions by forums that tell you, hey, it's suggestions of tools. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. I mean, my so, toolbox are pretty much only like you can open up two toolboxes and they're almost all solely dedicated to Nissan or Z32 or, or yes. Z, Z-based cars. There's yeah. one toolbox and it's all Z-based tools yes. um, that are specific. But anyway. I will say something too. You mentioned something which was – this is our first time doing certain things. Again, we're not of the professional level. We are the enthusiasts doing things in our driveway, doing things in our garage. I'll give you an example. This is a perfect example and really one of the one of another reason why we uh, why I was hoping to do this topic, which was, you know, last episode I shared pictures of my uh, AC system. I replaced all the AC components in my car. And it involved taking the bumper off, the headlights, uh, a, a lot of stuff. What I didn't tell you, though, is that right next to me was my brother uh, who had his jobs. And let me tell you, to my one AC job, which is only – honestly, I only did about half the job. The other half I did the week before. So I did half an AC job. Let's just say that. Now, in that same amount of time, which was about six hours, eight hours, he managed to do three brake jobs, an oil change. Uh, he did uh, wheel bearings. I think he did a oh, pair of wheel bearings. Yeah. And I'm like, but this is the guy that has I just greasing them and packing them. And just... <laughs> yes, he, he's the, he's the guy who's like, yeah, who cares if uh, you? Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't have a diaper, a diaper, a Terry diaper cloth to wipe this thing down. <laughs> I will say, something. slap it in. There's yeah. people that I've worked on and I work on their cars, and I just have to get into 
the mentality of the of not necessarily the car because the car is the same damn thing I've worked on a hundred times before. Yeah. But I have to get in the mentality of I'm working on somebody else's car, so I have to be mindful and respectful of yes. the way they run their garage. Um, case in point, you. Okay. Not so bad. Oh, we've worked, yeah. We've worked, but like Ion, for instance, is he's got a whole um, methodology and and process of what he does, and nothing against him. I love him to death, but a little bit of his OCD comes out. And but a lot of people are like that. But you know. Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, you know, kind of going back to it, the biggest thing is paying it forward like your brother's doing for you. That's yeah. a big deal. Um, the the days of the forums are now gone. So that knowledge is either if it ain't on YouTube, um, you better be getting in forum groups and, and finding that smart guy who always has the black underneath his nails. Yes. Or has the... You know, or that's, uh, that, you know, that's they, that, that's why I became friends with you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Appreciate that. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, but you know that that's how it is. But if you can, and I'll always say this to the day I die, and you can write on the side of my coffin: um, support forums. You know, forums are what keeps cars alive, and that loss of information um is 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 a sadness that can't be measured quite honestly yeah. um so um but yeah let's let's switch it up now let's talk yes. about useful tools and let's yes. talk about custom tools and use like gucci tools so yes um and the reason why i was thinking about this too was another story for christmas i received so for, let me just say this. For the last 10 years, I've been using the same Harbor Freight wrench set, the same Harbor Freight sockets. Nice. Literally. Yeah. I mean, they, they've, for my uh, usage, uh, it's, it's stand the test of time. I haven't lost them per se. So yeah, I have them. One, you're good. Yeah. yeah you're not a problem. Now for Christmas, um, I received a brand new socket set, a brand new wrench set, and they're beautiful. I love them. It's great. So you've got a clean set. Now this is where the yes. OCD starts. You draw the line. Yeah. Set. You've got a clean. You've got your. You've got your. Uh, your lady that you take out to the opera. Your fine china. Got, yeah. <laughs> you got your your lady that you show off, and then you got your your ladies of the night. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, it, I have I have dirty tools and I have clean tools. Yes, as well. It's so, absolutely true, and I've been called out for the same reason. So the same person who gave. Why do you, know you? Why I do that? I why? do it because when guys like that come over and don't know what they're doing and decide to drop a ten behind a headlight or lose it in the abyss of whatever Ooh. miscellaneous car that it goes into, that's why I've got a box of 14 10 millimeters. And uh, because if I lose them, I'm like, all right, whatever, you know. Leave yep. a ten over there. Leave a twenty dollar spot on the table, and I'll just go. When I go to the, and I live at estate sales and I yeah. live at flea markets. Those guys that lay out all those has that, it just looks like crap to everybody else. Yes. That guy's my best friend. I'm buying him, <laughs> I'm buying him a helote with the, with, you know, the, that's my roast corn. The corn. Roast corn. And that's my guy. And I was like, hey, I'll be here next week. You save me all those 10s. You save me all those 12s, all those swivels, all the stuff that saves me from knocking my knuckles. I yep. buy them. And that's Absolutely. Why. So What I was thinking, though, too, that, again, uh, uh, from that, so the person who gifted me, the clean set of tools 
you know, we've gone out to the junkyards at least five times this year. And every time I'm using my old sets, my old stuff. And he gives yeah. me he gives me trouble. He's like, I bought you these nice tools. Why are you not using them? I'm like, dude, they're too nice. Why am I going to go to a junkyard and potentially lose a, a nice clean socket? You know yeah, what I mean? I'll pick and then, it up. I'll find it when I'm at the junkyard. But yeah, but that's where he rolls his eyes. He's all like, tools are tools, man. Just get it done. You know, I'm like, that's where the whole... If, but you know, there's something to be able to go into a box and grab something. So I can understand the OCD. I've, I'm not highly capitalized. Like I'm not uppercase OCD, like, like you still, yeah. I've, I'm definitely lowercase, but, but I like to know that I have one or two. So, cause I split tools, you know, yeah. cause I'm working on stuff a little more frequently. Yeah. So I'll split a 10 and I'm like, ah, oh, crap. But I, now I have a box of 10. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But I haven't been, you know, I, I have been three heads. I have been half, you know, and I got multiples and that's just how I roll. But then you yeah. get the crash cart is what is what separates yeah. everybody. I think when you get yourself a crash cart and it's got all the garbage in it, that's yeah. that's when you're you're, uh, you're you're changing your game, I think. But all right, so let's talk about uh, what is the what's a tool that you absolutely love in your shop? Ooh, that you or you made yourself? Anyone? Did you make a tool yourself? Well, we're talking about tool hacks, yes. Um, and I should say that any tool that I modify is definitely a dirty tool. I'm not modifying a clean tool. I'm modifying a tool that I'm like, You're not yeah, it around your neck. Kind of I thing. can live without. Oh. Yes. Now, one tool that I'm proud of, and I did bring it with me, and I want to show you. This is a sort of a show and tell. Show and tell today, guys. Show and this, tell. Please. Yes. This has to do with uh, my my 620. Now. When you mount the carburetor, the studs and the nuts that mount the carburetor to the manifold are hard to reach, specifically when you're on the uh, valve cover side. Yeah. H hard Very to reach. Fingers. Guess what? <laughs> I, th this was yeah. This wasn't even a Harbor Freight. I'm talking Walmart at this point. I got a the the, the cheapest set of wrenches you could find, and this is a uh, 12 millimeter, and I grind the heck out of it. And I got a nice little little dog leg so I yeah. can grab it, whoop, just do this little turn, and it clears the carburetor just perfectly. It takes care of – the uh, wrench side also has been shaved down so yeah, that uh, you can clear. You oh, dude, this that, has saved my life. Tool. I, have, I have it in 10, 12, 14, and I think I have it in a 17 for think about, whatever. Think about it. A, a torch, a vice, Eight. and a pipe. Pretty much does does exactly what we're asking for right there. So this is this is probably one of my crowning moments here. Uh, that it, it saved me so much time, and I feel so much. I I, I love using this tool. So yeah, this is my this is my one tool hack that I would recommend uh, to anybody, especially Dotson guys. Ooh, All right. what do now, you got? High grip. Everybody and their mother has these. These are actually one of my favorites. But that is the ghetto ness that'll get you by. So. <laughs> You basically take a nut and you weld it to the uh, to the end of the sucker, and then you can fit it into a slide hammer. So you got to change out to a front Ooh. wheel drive, and you got to grab that sucker like a half shaft splits on you, and you got to grab it, yeah, rock that up, and then you put on your slide hammer, 
boom. Ooh. This thing has saved me hours and hours of time just from a cheapy nut that I welded on with a little Harbor Freight welder. And I swear to God, this is one of my favorite tools that I've ever made. And it did, only took me about 10 minutes. Another thing is, if especially if you're a Z32 guy or a Z31 guy and you're yeah. trying to get to stuff, yeah. everybody laughs at the guy who's with the super long extension. I have four of these. <laughs> <laughs> How long is that? What uh, do you? Damn, this has got to be what two feet, two, two feet? And a half feet, three feet, Woo. something like that. But I buy these, and I love these to death because if I need to get to like a tranny bolt that's way up at the top, I yes. put two swivels on this sucker, and then click it a clack, and you're good to go. And uh, these are the freaking best. That's um, especially, or if you're trying to get through something, you don't want to take an exhaust off. Like, yeah. say you're trying to get to a starter, and you don't want to pull a whole exhaust and all that stuff, and you still yep. want to, you just need to get past it, but you can't get the little ten right there. The little, uh, you only have ratchet. Yeah. Six inch, and you're trying to build it off of sixes. Yeah. If you're trying to do it off of sixes, use electric tape. Build one of these if you want. But if you get a chance, <laughs> buy these. I have at least two, two at a minimum. And then now I have four. But those I, are the best. And then. And before you go, before, before you do, now I should say that, especially with that extension, that would save me. Now the 350Zs and 370Zs, I think more so the 350s, they're known when, when, you, when you're swapping out exhaust systems, they have what's called the bolt of death. Which is a particular bolt that connects the catalytic converters to the headers. Yeah. Hardest thing to reach, that's what that extension was perfect for. But that's go ahead. I'm, yeah. And then the last thing is the same thing, extension, but a swivel, like you're trying to pull out the sockets. Yes. And you can't really quite get to the sockets. Um, tape that whole some bitch together like that, and yep. it ain't going nowhere because nothing will walk out on it. <laughs> and then you're like, you know what? Um, I don't want that to, uh, to walk. I, you know, I, I need it for something else, cut it apart. Yeah. And now it's back all together. Another what? trick that what? I'm a ner- I'm, you got me on a nerve. You got it. We're on it. Like say for instance, you got a little loose nut and you're trying to get that sucker to fit and it's going to go on a stud and you're trying to make that happen. Take a napkin or a, a tissue, wall yeah. it up, push it into a ball, and stuff it into the socket, and then the and then just place your your nut inside there, and it'll mm-hmm. sit face face flush. Uh-huh. You put it on the stud, and then it, it's not fighting you. You don't have to chase it all through the chamber of the socket. So you're saying don't use the gator grip. <laughs> yeah, I use the gator grip of death. Uh, there's a bunch of little, like little tool tricks that I picked up I, over the years. That I don't me. have it with me, man. But here's another one for you too. Uh, I bought this. This was on a clearance rack at an auto parts store, and I'm surprised not not everyone could find this useful. So you know when you're trying to put a, a nut onto a stud or whatever the deal is, and you're using a socket. But the stud, let's say the angle of that stud is at a weird angle, and the nut always falls out of the socket. You're like, I can't get this thing started. That's all. That's all I need to do. There is a set of magnets that they're hex. Uh, they fit. I got a whole a whole uh, uh, string of them. You know, six, seven, eight millimeter, nine, you know, 10, 12, 14 millimeter. They fit the little nylon. A little piece of nylon with with uh, magnets in them, and they fit inside the socket, and it allows your nut to be essentially to stay inside your socket, no matter what angle you throw it at. Stay straight and true. Stay straight, yeah, and and that saved me so many times. And 
Uh, they're very, they were cheap. At least you get a clearance rack. I say we do another. We continue this tool party conversation. Yes. Yeah. Dude, the chat's blowing up right now. And honestly, I say, why not? I mean, we do a shut up and take my money and show some tools, show some Z parts. I'm down for it, dude. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, and the last thing I'm going to talk about is Gucci parts. Ooh. So Gucci tools, which. I try not to buy super Gucci fancy stuff, but this is probably the Gucciest thing that I own. Ooh. Um, this is a carbon fiber wrench. <laughs> what do you – I don't see a single scratch on it, so tell me you haven't used it. I have an entire set of this, and it has, it's barely sees daylight because – it's carbon. Like I, I, I know for a fact. I've seen the commercial when they you can put it on and there's a guy standing on it and bouncing on it. I'm like, kudos for him. Yeah. But I'm still not gonna freaking use this <laughs> whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like it's cool. It's it's super fat and it's just. Uh, but I'm like, this yeah. is probably the gucciest thing that I own, and it's just like. It, it, then, it, maybe it's a lesson that I'm just like, all right, dude, don't live outside your means. I that that's <laughs> a life late. lesson right there. You should put that behind glass and let that just have like have some sort of quote, you know, like you know, uh, something that tells you to stay humble. I don't know. People talk <laughs> toolbox and like, damn, Miles got carbon fire wrenches. I was like, yeah, yeah. But I'll never. And I saw. I think one then, person grabbed it once. Yes, I think you did, or I and I slapped their hands. I was like, don't you touch? Like, don't you don't you touch my carbon fiber <laughs> tools? <laughs> I got one. Yeah, well, we got to go back. We checked some comments. We can go. Okay, back. let's go for it. Um, see here, uh, Ion. Uh, yeah, it's really annoying when I can't account for tools, um, and sometimes you got to manufacture a tool or something to make stuff happen. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, uh, mm. Mr. John Papa Sergia. Uh, snap on hurts my hand. Yeah, um, I can yeah, agree with know, that. There's there's an ergonomic setting to, to certain things if it feels good in your hands, just like They're anything more square. else in this world. Yeah. They yeah. are a little more square. Honestly, uh, the Pittsburgh stuff, I don't know why I like the Craftsman stuff. It just fits fine, and I and I have tons of socket variations, like small, shorties, stubbies, um, you know, the swivel stuff. I mean, I've got everything. I got pieces of pipe to extend those. I mean – it, it gets pretty uh, mad scientist inside of my shop for that yeah. stuff. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. God, there's so many notes. Oh, there, there's uh, good ones. Spencer drops – it goes, use similar setup with a slide hammer with a wood screw to get out stubborn side feed injectors that are dead and dry rotted. Huh. That's I actually mean, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I remember – I remember using vice grips and trying to gently rotate to kind of break them loose. You know, especially if they're not if they're not repairable and, and you know it, just yeah, get that slide hand. I, I I still to this day have been trying to find a decent side feed injector remover tool. I know there's ones out there, and I bought like three of them, but then there are these massive like Mercedes ones or like diesel ones, and I'm like. I can't use this crap. I feel like you can use that little notch and I'm going to nerd out a little bit, but that little, it's almost like a, you should be able to use and grab that some bits at the top and be able to pull it out on some kind of like mini anchor system. Yep. But that's, damn, I've got a, but anybody has a good suggestion for a good side feed injector removal tool. I am all ears because I, I have not been able to find, you know, one you know, knowing it's Spencer as much as I do. I think that's your answer right there, man. As simple as it is, Wood screw. I ain't lying, man. 
I don't know. I don't know. I use a similar dude, slide hammer with a wood screw. Those okay. Georgia boys know what they're know what they're doing, man. They know how to, <laughs> they know how to improv, man. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I'm, I wouldn't doubt it. I've got to see a, a schematic of this head wood crew, and uh, I'll, I'll make it myself. But, I'll vouch. Uh, I'll vouch, man. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, man. Yeah, if, if it gets me through it, because I'm trying to make my life easier when I have to pull those. So, um, let me see here, Jane uh, Fergie. Uh, you see here, I use the whole crescent wrench with a coin to get a rounded nut loose, and it works. I was like, oh, okay. Mm. Crescent wrench with a coin. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, okay. Use, uh, let me see, ion. Use ceiling fan extenders for adding leverage. Uh, uh, well, we we know, right, leverage. I mean, you're talking about, like, like I've seen that before with, like, uh, you know, we talked about the how, you know, when you can combine wrenches together to give you that extra torque oh, to pop yeah, something yeah. loose, like a pipe in general, I think. I remember, uh, I can't I tell you how many times guys use car jack handles, or their jack handles, and they'll just like, hold on, and then kind of go over there and like unscrew it, <laughs> and then they're like, using it to like break off like, I don't know, like a crank pulley, uh, um, you know, nut, trying to get that sucker off, but yeah, very cool stuff. Um, yeah, good this point. is a good back alley chat, bro. Uh, I'll tell you one last one, and because because you mentioned crank pulley. Uh, I did this once and I was, it, dude, I was like closing my eyes, hoping nothing would like have a catastrophic failure. Um, I couldn't get a, uh, brake caliper bolt loose. And I found out why, because I, the person who put it on, which was family, they used red, they were mess <laughs> they were trolling me. They were trolling me because they knew a couple years down the line, I would have to redo my brakes again. They, I ended up using a, a, a socket. And it wasn't enough. I was using pipes and whatnot, and this this thing just would not go. I ended up getting a socket, uh, or, or, or sorry, a wrench around the head of that nut, and I had to very carefully position uh, my hydraulic jack underneath it. I had to use hydraulic power to break loose the head of a bolt. It works, but God, it was use, uh, yeah. Use the car's momentum when they turn it on. Oh. To uh, to uh, to break to break crank bolts before I have I, I to suggest it because it it goes flying sometimes. But I thought it was a pretty cool little trick as a you know as a hail mary. I mean it works. So yeah, cool stuff. That is I you you are right. Uh, one last one, Miles. You mentioned bougie. You mentioned things that. Uh, oh, sorry, you mentioned you mentioned nice. You're talking. Oh. Yeah, choice correct. choice parts this is my submittal here we did talk about this in a previous episode we're talking about the fuel fillers with the uh, the threads we're talking yeah. not a single drop of oil is being uh, wasted uh again man i, I kind of think in conclusion out of all of this i think uh we're a little bougie man i mean there are we could we could we could yeah, yeah we've got some pinkies out in some in some areas man i i'll, I'll just say we'll that say, but. If you also, if you're a Z32 fan, Harbor Freight, Braun, oh, they sell, these, they sell these lights, and yeah, they're just lights, no big deal. But the key here is that these little hooks that are on each side of these, yep, on this light, so happen to just fit perfectly on the underside of a Z32 hood, yes. perfectly. So you can just kind of, you can basically just hook them in two seconds, and then you hit your light. And you can see everything in the world. So <laughs> and I think these 
these are like on sale for like 25, 30 bucks or something like that. But, and they're rechargeable. So mm. if you ever have to work on a car in the middle of the night or somebody breaks down like Mike or Ion or somebody else in the San Antonio or Austin area and they need a Z32 guy to come out, That's I you. roll with that at night. At, and it fits ever under every Z32 hood. So yeah. if you get a chance, a again, uh, the, buy that Braun light. It is the best. And it has nice. to be this big old, the Moss Chingon one. So <laughs> it's, I forgot what it was called. So just forgot to let you know. Anyway, moving on with their lives. Moving on, moving on. Let's go we on to gotta it. Cover, uh, we're going to briefly cover events here too as well for some yes. upcoming events. Um, Mike, uh, let's talk about the first event. That's Z-Days. Let's go for it. Of course, we are talking about Z-Days happening in Blowing Rock, North Carolina. That is May 18th through the 21st. Uh, Not too far from now. We're talking, what is that, uh, two weeks from now, pretty much? Uh, Now, we did have a really good episode with Brian Settle just previously. So if you are wanting to know more about the event, check out that episode. Uh, He had some really good insight about the event in general. But uh, as you can see here, uh, ZDays.com is where you can go to get all your details and we definitely encourage you uh, register as soon as you can. That's definitely going to lead to a better event. Uh, we, we talked to Brian about that. As event organizers, knowing the ins and outs of it, the more uh, awareness or notification as to how many people are coming, the better. You know, uh, it, it definitely leads to a better event as a whole. So please register uh, if you are interested. Zdays.com. Uh, that is the first one. Uh, from what I can tell, as of lately, there are over 15, sorry, there are people who are representing over 15 states in this country that are attending Z-Days. So if you're looking for a worldly sample, sorry, uh, a nationwide sample of Z-Enthusiasts, Z-Days is definitely a good place to check that out and have a good time. It's a wonderful event, man. I've, I, I've, I've definitely enjoyed it in the past. Oh, that's the next one here. Uh <laughs> We got here uh, Branson Z Fest happening in Branson, Missouri. Yeah, so uh, registration and hotel um, are now open. Um, it's coming up here pretty soon, guys. I think my math on that's what, like 25 days or something like that. Yeah. So um, Mike and myself are actually going to be attending this year, and we have a surprise for those that are attending Branson. And we have a special custom uh, Nissan Nerd sticker uh, that we're going to be giving out yeah. solely at this event this year. Um, we'll show you it a little bit later uh, in the next coming weeks. But you have to go to attend to yep. get the sticker because um, it's only for the event. Um, if we see you out there, we'll make sure that you have one in your hands. Um, and then we'll also be out there giving out our own stickers and just kind of um, shaking babies and kissing hands. But again, <laughs> uh, this will be Branson Z Fest this upcoming year. Uh, that is um, June 1st through June 5th. Um, our plan is, uh, hopefully right now, we will also get Mr. Uh, uh, Josh uh, Lyman, uh, who's uh, the organizer for Branson's Evest, yep. to come back on and talk about it here before the uh, the next event um, comes around. I think uh, right now, Mike, myself, and I think we're taking Ion as well. Uh, we're going to be making a little, as it were, road trip um, a few days prior to that and a few days after that. So if we uh, run into anybody on the way, I think we're stopping off in uh, Dallas. Um, and I think I'm finally filling one of my personal um bucket lists um where we're gonna go to uh hopefully go to um uh, medieval knights or uh, what is it medieval Uh, medieval times times. we're gonna go to medieval times 
Finally, <laughs> I'm going to go get to check that out. Um, so uh, we'll go check that do, out along do you have this. Do you have the audio clip? If not, I will say it. I, I do not. You can <laughs> there were no forks in medieval times, thus there are no forks at medieval times. Can I refill your, can I refill your Pepsi? Dude, I got a lot of tables. Can I refill your Pepsi? <laughs> Freaking best movie ever. Anyway, Dude, if you can, yes. we'll, we'll take tons of pictures and we'll see how that goes down. But again, yes. uh, Brampton Z Fest is the event uh, June 1st, June 5th. Um, and you can check out the details on that at BransonZFest.org. Great job, man. All right. Now, last one up uh, up here so far uh, in terms of our events. Of course, we cannot forget about the 35th Annual International Z Convention, otherwise known as ZCon. This year is happening in Birmingham, Alabama from July 25th through the 30th. Registration is open. Hotels are open. We have – not us – ZCon has multiple track days happening this entire week. Uh, so two track days, two car shows. There is an autocross event. Uh, oh man, there's so many, so many uh, additional uh, events. Uh, and if you are looking for details, you want to go to zcon.org. It'll tell you all about it. Now, July, what is that? Honestly. It's not as it's not as far as you think it is. It's closer than you think. Uh, again, uh, we're just uh, let's just say two and a half months away. Uh, so if you are looking to reserve a room and, and, and get registration done, uh, definitely get it done as soon as you can. And um, honestly, you know, we, we Miles, you and myself, we've been uh, ZCon groupies for many many years. Uh, by and large, a, a great a great time. Every one of them, you can't go wrong. Honestly. Uh, so that is events. Oh man. I think that's everything that we needed to go on. Um, as, um, we always encourage everyone uh, to share events uh, happening in your area, big or small. We'll always share them. If we can't share them on the show, we'll share them um, on the pages as we yes. start to develop our Instagram account and everything else. Um, now that we're where we want to be with Facebook, we're going to start diving into the, the Instagram and everything else. So we've just been putting that off purposely. So, uh, But again, yes. uh, continue to share with us the events. Um, community wanted to talk a little bit about uh, reminding everybody out there to like, share, and subscribe if you have something for us um, you can always contact us at info at nissannerd.com um, like i said we're experimenting with instagram right now and youtube live streaming yes. um, so we'll give you a little more detail as we start to unwind that if you see us on youtube subscribe and of course you'll be notified with everything that we're dropping here um, i do want to go back and just check uh, the comments here on a few more folks um, let's see here. James Ferguson, homemade breaker bars are awesome. Yes, they are. Um, let me see here. Ion was coming in. He goes, especially for the automatic vehicles. I think he's talking about that crank bolt break. Uh, since you can't just put the car in gear to lock the crank to pull the pulley bolt out. I would agree hundred mm -hmm. percent. Uh, let's see here. Uh, John Papa Sergio says money's no object. I'd choose beta or stall Willie. I know Japan has some super premium quality stuff. Um, I think they're uh, talking about a headlight setup, maybe. Uh, I did have one comment I wanted to share. It made me laugh, and you know what? Hopefully, it's not too late to share with you guys. We had an <laughs> we had a comment from our good friend uh, Randall Thompson, and uh, this was during our news in sixty seconds. At we're in the middle of of news in sixty seconds, and he writes five good minutes. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> 
Oh man, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I love that guy. Um, (laughs) Mr. Papa Sergio reminded us. uh, Hashtag us if you can. uh, Nissan nerd. We're so learning how to do everything still, John. I we're we don't want to get out of our Facebook hole that we're in, and we just like where we're at. But yeah, yeah, we need to we need to uh, adapt to the brave new world. So thank you for the reminder on that. I should say, though, Miles, and you definitely did a great job. Thank you for mentioning YouTube, by the way. For those who are with us, uh, again, last Monday, uh, we did do a trial uh, podcast, a very short one, but we used it through the YouTube Live feature. So we've been kind of experimenting with this. For those who have gotten a chance to uh, maybe observe it, check it out, perhaps those who have commented uh, during that show, uh, and, and even here, let us know your comments. Let me know what you think. Again, we're, we're trying things and we're just trying to make sure we're doing, we're, we're on the right channels that, uh, where all of you guys are. So, uh, we definitely enjoy your feedback again, as a community, we sure. want to do the best thing. So, uh, please share with us, uh, no matter how, uh, again, messaging or through email, whatever it may be. Yeah. Well, Mike. Oh. Jeez, I'm talking a lot. So, yeah, um, yeah let's uh, – I think we need to drink up a little let's bit Let's do more. it, man. Dude, I have just a little bit left, and yes, it is with me. What about you? What do you have left? Do you have anything? I, I, got, I got a little. Daddy's got hey, a little coffee. Left. By, by the way, dude, we didn't mention it last time. What day is it? What day? The 5th? Yeah, oh, Cinco de Mayo. Mayo. So, it typically, Cinco at least here – Cinco, it, it typically is what you might consider a a, a drinking night. Uh, some people might say salud or campai, of course, mean the same thing. Two great health. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and do it. Campai. Woo! All right, all right. Mm. Oh, laces out, Marino. Oh, Got some good. Bu- yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, but oh god. But yeah, um, again, thank you all for really coming and hanging out with us today. We really appreciate it. Um, as always, love to see the familiar faces. Love to see the new ones. Yep. Love to see the comments. Um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and sign off at this point. want to say, uh, get in your garage. <laughs> make yes. something cool. Make something happen. Uh, couldn't agree with you more, man. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Uh, we will have a new episode for you in two weeks. And, Miles, like you mentioned, we are targeting for a really good interview with uh, oh. Branson Z-Fest. Uh, organizer Josh Lyman. Yep. We'll see you then on the next episode. And go ahead, Mike. Go and send it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you again. Oh my god. <laughs> is, is this our uh, <laughs> finally relaxed song? Like, it's like, oh, all right, man. We, oh. Granted, we've been having a good time. Oh, man. Your back hurts. Your back hurts from carrying the show. Can Can you tell? <laughs> like, I every once in a while, I'll, I'll kind of just reposture myself just to make sure I'm... Uh, I'm not a slouch. I'm trying not to be. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to comment on your posture because that's important on a car. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, oh, my God. Jesus. I, that was a good one, man. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, dude, you know, it seems like oh, – let's, let's just oh. say the last 
five episodes that we've done. The, the, how, dude, we just broke two hour mark again, and we and it wasn't even an interview. It was just we, us. We didn't even try, and we broke two hours. Yeah, like someone. You know what? I'll be honest. Uh, who who said it? Our, our our buddy from Australia. He said. Uh, he goes, man, you're kind of getting into that Joe Rogan territory, just in terms of length of the show. And I was like, well, he's not wrong, I guess, when it comes down to length, you know. He's, but I hope it's good. I mean, again, for you guys that are with us, I, you know, of course, we enjoy doing this. We we do this, uh, first of all, because we love doing it. But secondly, he's like, well, we want you to entertain you guys. So, uh, if if you definitely enjoyed it, let us know. Uh, we'll keep on doing it. So, let's uh, right. let's do it. Go. We're done? Alright. See you guys.